not my thing. It's not my jam. That's just water. All you're drinking is water, right, Blake? Yes. It's just water? Okay. Not even like flavored? You're not even going to go flavored? Uh, it's a spiked seltzer. <laughs> a spike? That's fantastic. Uh, by the way, ABC meteorologist Joe Puma, mostly cloudy, high of 35. Tonight, snow possible uh, after 10 p.m., one inch of accumulation possible, low of 31. Tomorrow, snow showers for the morning commute, becoming a rain-snow mix in the afternoon, high of 34. Friday, snow showers in the morning, several inches possible, becoming a rain-snow mix on Friday afternoon. Saturday, mostly cloudy with a few lingering a.m. flurries, high of 35. Right now, it is 33 degrees at Radio Bloomington. Where should I begin? Can we talk about this? Hey, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Blah, 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 on and on and on. Over there. Prepare yourself okay. for Craig. Okay. Preparing a mighty new spectacle here. Articulate, <laughs> stimulating, yeah. hit you right in the... There you go. You start becoming a team right now. This is the Craig Collins Show. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, no. On WJBC. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now your host. He's a good man. Craig Craig Collins, Joe, AM 1230 WJBC. I'm here with you guys until 6 o'clock. Uh, it looks like tonight we probably have some sort of a uh, sporting thing. Uh, we have the Card- Cardinals countdown opening day. That's from 6 to 8 o'clock. That's exciting. Uh, that comes on after me. So hang out for that. I hang out that, all no, that's day. that's tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Today's Wednesday. It yes. Is. We have yeah. the ISU game tonight. There you go. See, that's why Blake's in studio. Blake Haas hanging out. My news guy for the first hour. We have ISU, Illinois State versus Bradley. It's a big game, right? Yes. It's a big rivalry game. War on 74. <laughs> you excited about that? Yeah. You going to tune in? Yeah, I'll be in class. Oh, you'll be in class. Okay. Yeah, yeah there you go. So Bobby Rady will be here. You'll have it in your uh, ear then while you're in class, I assume? Yeah, I'm going to have one of those little Bluetooths. <laughs> I also, <laughs> I'm dying as, I, as I'm trying to speak. I also have my wife Betty in studio. Uh, the reason why Betty and Blake do a segment on this show together that sounds like a radio show by itself, the Betty and Blake show. Uh, you guys love The Bachelor. You love it. Although Betty had stopped watching it uh, recently and then got back into it because of Blake's oh, because super of fandom. Uh, so we, we're here to review The Bachelor. Before we do that, let's hear what's in store for us next week on the show via the trailer for the, uh, the program. This is no video, so it's sad. You can't get the full experience because you can't see the tears. But this is the sound of next week's episode. Fresh starts, new week. Peter and I have the strongest connection. So excited! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that we're falling in love with one another. I have a surprise for Victoria. We have our own private Chase Rice concert. Oh, my God. Chase and I dated. What? <laughs> I can't do this. Tonight, there's 13 of us, so I want to be tackling girls to get time with Peter tonight. Shut the front door! Drama has risen from the dead. I'm here to freaking set the record straight about what was said about me. Oh my god! Oh my god, so much drama! The drama is going uh, to the tens. There's a girl that got eliminated that you see at the end of that trailer just walking back in. She's got a leather jacket on and everything, so she's she's dressed to be a villain. And she gets to come back and have a whole big chat. I can't wait. Can you not? Uh, so, okay. Guys... Bachelor fans, last week's episode, it airs on Monday nights. We do the review on Wednesday because, um, sort of because Betty doesn't like to watch live. You stream it. You stream it on. So you just saw it last night. 
Yeah, because I like to fast forward commercials. And mm. some and some of the episode. The commercials it, are a part of the show. You gotta watch the commercials. <laughs> Betty doesn't like the uplifting parts of the dates either. Oh. Like when they start to talk about their emotions in a positive way. Right. She fast forwards until she sees tears and then she stops. Yes. Stop, wait, go back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what'd you guys think of this past week's episode? Good. Good? Good. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh I mean, it's different. I think uh past episodes they were like more boring and they it's getting more intense you don't like hannah b who was last season's bachelorette and the source of drama in episodes one and two the new source of drama is this this lady kelsey kelsey correct? and alaya and alaya okay alaya is the one who got who got ash canned yeah uh, kelsey is yes. the one who started it all with yeah. the drama from champagne last week gate. the champagne gate champagne i, I yeah. love that i know these things champagne <laughs> gate was a thing but then all the girls turned on this this one person Aaliyah. yeah they all started Aaliyah. saying how fake she was yeah. how like you know she's yeah. just in it for the tv sh- viewing and stuff and then the uh the death nail was the fact that she's a, a beauty pageant contestant and one of the most trusted women on the show so far a nurse who also was a beauty pageant contestant was asked to lie about them knowing each other and so she was confused and everything just went crazy right. and then did you see at the end of the episode both of you and now i'm just reviewing it uh but did you see at the end when when pete does not seem happy he lets the girl go, but then he seems like he, he fell to the he, pressure. He's still questioning himself and what he should do next because obviously that there's some strings pulling at his heart from Malia. Or Leia, are are there strings name. pulling at his heart or is yes. something else going on? Blake? Well, it's the producers making him a little puppet. That's not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what I no. mean is she looked very good in the uh, goodbye right. episode. She had, she had dressed, you yes. know, maybe with preparation being that she was getting uh, let go. Yeah. And she's a beauty pageant. Uh, contestant slash winner. Yeah, she needs to fly back. Right. So when she tries to dial it up, the the lady can do it. I I thought that maybe he was regretting it after he hugged her, and oh. she left, and he was thinking, well, she's very pretty. That's yeah. that's my that's my take. Right. I don't know if that's Peter's. I think Peter has feelings for it. it's obvious. <laughs> no, I mean he has feelings for every single girl right. in the house, that which dude, is crazy. He does. He does? Yeah, it yeah. seems like he's very passionate about every single one. Like every single time that he goes and talks to some someone in the house, he just gets pretty like, and he even says so. Like he. He treats each relation they separate. Like he has like a, I don't know how many relations, like 18, 20. Eight, yeah, I think it's 18 though. No, yeah. Oh, I don't know what's happening right now. I want to I wanna be so <laughs> kind to both of you because I'm looking at all the innocent eyes looking back at me in the studio. Oh, okay. He does. Has real relationships with all the ladies. Not, I don't know with all of them, but he, there's definitely something with at least all of them. Yes, I agree with Blake. I agree there's something i don't know if right. i'd call that emotions and relationships Obviously, look here's the yeah. thing he's this show is a show well this this tv show the bachelor and the bachelorette for those that don't watch it's not normal to date 15 to 20 women at the same time it is in utah <laughs> outside, <laughs> outside of there it's just this isn't so you can't i don't think you can authentically do this at all i just don't think out outside of like maybe the tail end of the show when you've gone on like five to ten dates with two or three of the ladies your your emotions are just not this real for the other 15 women that you barely know because you hang out with them so sporadically right and once you, a week and you don't know much about them once a week yeah, yeah. they take multiple days off between the shots yeah. yeah is that a real thing yeah so they they spend several days away from each other yeah just hanging yeah. and then they hang out once a week and he goes on these group dates with women where he interacts with them for maybe 15 minutes a piece and then he has real emotions from that 
It sounds like yeah. To both of Pe you, Peter. It sounds like he's like that. I didn't know. I didn't know you guys both bought into the to the realistic, the real, the whatever it is. About ninety percent of it's baloney, but the other ten percent is the real meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me more stuff. What do you guys think of the show? What do you do? You think the the villain girl, the one who is fake, is fake? Do you guys agree Aaliyah? with the? Oh yeah. yeah, totally. I mean. This girl, the nurse, which is like uh, her friend, or they met before this, uh, uh, the bachelorette, and the the nurse, she said that uh, they met each other, and yeah, and then she wanted her to lie about it, that yes, kind of stuff. Lie, yeah. So you believed the nurse very bad when she turned she against. She seems pretty honest. She seems pretty honest, and her story is quite like I don't know, overwhelming. She kind of like deal with a lot of mm -hmm. stuff in her life and she doesn't have kind of like any reason to lie about yeah. it because she struggled a lot that so, seemed to be the linchpin for peter yeah. too right when that girl was like yeah she might be kind of fake that's mm -hmm. when he finally believed all the other ladies and that's when you know there's real emotions there because <laughs> he, <laughs> believes <her. laughs> well, he believes her and he has trust in her yeah that's, that's true okay that's totally different than real emotions that you and plus i think it's all just uh very you know, self-obsessed situations here because to kick a girl home because she's not there for the right reasons. Right. Most of the women aren't there because they fell in love with you watching the TV show last year, bro. Most of the ladies are there to be the next Bachelorette. Or to be just in camera and get another geek yeah, after that. that so then why send one home for being outed for something that most of them are doing? Well, that's probably why he's regretting it. Like, like why well, I'm leaving this, this is pretty like a pretty girl and I'm, le I'm right. he's, he's letting it go. Could be. That's all you think? You got nothing else, Blake? Well, the thing is, is I and you're going to say, well, no, it's not. <laughs> I think that, I honestly think that he has feelings for her. But none of them, okay. So every season you watch the show, I'm going to bring mm -hmm. this up every week we review it. You, you really believe that love will be found, that people will, at least for an amount of time, yes. convince both of themselves yes. they're getting married. Yes. Every season. Yes. You think that happens? Yes. Even if it's only a few days? Yep. Yes. Even, even in Hannah B's case, if it already is over, yep. she's already single again. 1,000%. I'll put everything in my bank account on that. That, that, that <laughs> okay. Everything in your bank account? <laughs> You're going to be broke. Then. No, no, no. Including the Sean P. Craig one? Yes. You'll, you'll throw that bank account yeah. in on it? I'll put the Roth IRA that in there. Every season, that mm -hmm. when he bends down to propose or she bends down to propose, however that works, um, every single season... For at least those moments, they really think they're getting married. Yes. No way is yes that a thing. Yes way. We got a book. We got a book. Former contestants now. Yes. We got to get people who've won the show. Get them. Well, that's the other thing. I saw this. Um, I think it was Chad, one of the former villains on the show, yeah. who said that Hannah B is trying as hard as she can to stay relevant because this TV show's fame is more fleeting than most TV show fame, even more so than other even reality shows. You're famous for such a small amount of time, and then even the bachelors and the bachelorettes no longer famous people a few years after your season is over. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to consider how little fame you actually acquire in the long run by being on this program. Yeah. I mean, you get fame. So what's weird is, obviously this was filmed a long time ago. Correct. Months ago. So at the time, these girls, women, they're women, these women in the house, they're just normal people in a sense, right? But right now, as we're watching the episode, this has already happened like six months ago. I don't and mean now that they're becoming famous. It's just weird to watch that. Yeah, yeah. but they, they will be they will be not famous anymore in six more months. Well, the, most yeah. of them will be irrelevant to you know the general public True. because you just Who don't. Knows? You Who really knows? maybe they're gonna become somehow like uh, actors or actresses. That's what they hope there. for. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's. A, do you see for any patient. actresses or actors on the show that you would cast in something? Uh, I 
Don't remember the names, mm, but... Any of them? No? Uh, well, I like Kelly. She's the attorney. Well, I don't know why you like her so much. We can't figure it out. We're watching the show, and she keeps saying, Blake likes that one. Yeah, I do. Why? Well, her body, she she has an amazing body. Well, I don't. I got it now. Wait <laughs> a minute. Well, Betty. Betty's yeah. the one. She does. I mean, you got to like, I, I don't know. I expect that take somebody. from Pollo. Uh, why? why? me in trouble. Um, <laughs> why? Because she's smart, uh, and she already has chemistry with Peter. Yeah. I guess she she knew him before. Yeah. So that's a whole thing. Well, don't just say I guess and shoot it down. I don't feel like there's much chemistry there. But there is. I'm watching the show. I'm I'm feeling out the chemistry, I guess. I'm trying to invest myself in the program and I can't I don't know. I think the Madison one or whatever her name is, uh the basketball player, I see chemistry Madison. with that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot. She's like right. 80%. Right. Yes. She seems like a lovely person too. She's yeah. weird. The, <laughs> the, She's weird. the nurse the, the nurse, nurse, they like went on their... 85%. Victoria P? <laughs> yes. yes. No, Victoria P. Uh, the no, other. Victoria. Victoria F. Wow, you really do know Victoria all the names. Victoria P, Victoria F. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> I don't even I remember their names. Yeah. So Victoria F. F is the one yep. from next week who's going to wind up having... Date. This is the funniest... I've seen seasons of the show... So every so often you get one of these one-on-one dates that ends mm-hmm. with a famous musician. They've had a lot of famous people play a concert for just the two of them. Yeah, like we've like seen that before. Like, this is the first yeah. time we're ever going to see two people walk into that situation and the girl dated the the famous person. How crazy is that? That's weird. The the country guy, the star in the next episode has already complained about it a couple different times cuz his PR company agrees to it. They're like, "Yeah, promote your music that's coming out." On this TV show. Yeah. And he didn't know he was going to be roped yeah. into drama. Uh, I guess both people go off and I talk know. to him. It's Did crazy. you know this? No. Pete's going to wind up having a one-on-one with the singer. With Chase Rice. And then so is yes. Victoria. They're both going to do one-on-ones oh with the guy. Oh, my God. All of it's filmed. All of it's going to be broadcast next week. And the country music artist. We tell artist, you know about this, Blake. He's not happy. Well, I don't like to Google search this. I like to see it I live. I didn't. Well, I just they say it. it. No, they say it like uh, at the end of the show. Yeah, they didn't say all that. I well, think part of that was that. spoilers. Yes. I got to take a break. This has been the Bachelor Recap on Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC, where I just freak out at both of you guys for being fans of the show, more so than you actually uh, <laughs> recapping the episode. <laughs> Quick. BC.com. It's Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. Blake Haas is my news guy in the first hour, hangs out in studio for the show. Um, Blake, how much do you care about religion? How much do you care about the church, all that stuff? Uh, you like talking about that on the radio? Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe it depends on the situation. Right. Uh, there's a story out of Minnesota that I'm going to talk about probably after the news. Uh, a, a congregation, this is a Methodist church there, has asked older people, um, people that are traditionally attending this church, to not go uh, to either specific masses or to a majority of the events that the church does. And the reason why they're saying is to encourage young people to become more active members of the church. The thought process is that if you're over 60, at least for this one church in Minnesota, that it would be unlikely for a young person to want to attend something with people of that age there. It's the weirdest, it's the weirdest story I saw. And I can't, really figure out if it's even close to accurate that's weird you're a 23 year old guy right if you wanted to involve yourself in a church would you care if the other attendees were were people in their 60s well here's the thing every time i go to take communion they all look at me because i'm younger <laughs> like i need to show an id or something 
<laughs> you do. Yeah, you got to be a certain. It's kind of weird. It's at least second grade. Some of them are showing the Pope my ID. Right. You can't get a. You can't get communion until you're uh, eight years old. Right. And we yeah, we yeah, don't know with Blake. It's kind of weird. Right. And uh, then everybody's drinking out of the same cup, and there's floaters and. Yeah, and, uh, but I guess this this went viral uh, when the launch for the campaign came out, when the request came out. So you know, people are now reacting to it, and I. I'd love to hear other people's reaction, 829-2345, anyone involved in, and we can do anything. You don't have to stick to church. Like, honestly, I, I take classes now at the YMCA, health classes, mm-hmm. and half of the group is in an age group that's kind of similar to what they're trying to shun here in Minnesota, and I think that makes it more fun. I think it makes it more fun to have people all over the spectrum, age-wise, you know, race-wise, whatever, all hanging out and doing the same exercise. Mm-hmm. That's better than, like, 25 guys that look like me. Exactly. Yeah. I like diversity. See, there we go. All right, quick break. A lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJB. ABC meteorologist Joe Puma. I get chief meteorologist Brian Walder later today. Uh, Today it is mostly cloudy, a high of 35. Tonight, snow showers after 10 p.m., one inch of accumulation possible, low of 31. Tomorrow, snow showers for the morning commute, becoming a rain-snow mix in the afternoon, high of 34. Friday, snow showers in the morning, several inches possible, uh, becoming a rain-snow mix on Friday afternoon, high of 35. Saturday, mostly cloudy with a lingering, uh, with some few lingering AM flurries, a high of 35. Right now, Radio Bloomington, 33 degrees. I have Blake Haas sitting with me in studio. We were just talking about this off the air. You saw this Kansas-Kansas State throwdown that took place the other night? Yeah. That was nuts. I thought I was watching WWE. Yeah, I mean, they, they spill into a section of the game that's either fans or at least press, but there's other people sitting down on the side of the floor. So what happened was... Um, a player blocked another player. There's a steal at the end of the game, and this guy's going up for a layup, but the game's over. It's not close. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Kansas player stuffs him um, and then seems to be very happy at the fact that he did so, and the game ends because the clock is over. And then they just all start to fight each other. Uh, Sylvia D'Souza, the Kansas player who was, I think, most involved in the beginnings of the fight, the one who had the block and then whatever, he has been suspended um, there are other players who were involved. Bench clearing, everybody's in the section for a while. But the the big picture, the big thing that's uh, uh, making the rounds right now is is D'Souza, I think it is, holding that chair up as he's about to, like, WWE-style mm-hmm. attack someone with it. This is a terrible look for that, uh, for that school, for, you know, uh, college basketball as a whole, I guess. Not that it's really going to be too much on, on anyone other than these schools. But this... Man, Kansas basketball, years ago, pinnacle of, of the sport. Now, you got this. Well, and we must remind, or think about, too, is both those coaches have Central Illinois ties. Yeah. Bruce Weber used to coach the Fighting Illini. Bill Self also used to coach the Fighting Illini, both coaches of Kansas State and Kansas. But the thing mm-hmm. is, is those two teams hate each other. Yeah, well, and Self actually is the one who suspended DeSouza. He has been suspended indefinitely, according to Self. Uh, the final outcome by the review of the Big 12 Conference might determine if the kid comes back or not. I wouldn't I wouldn't no. let him play, especially after that photo then goes viral, which, by the way, whoever took that, whatever photographer is sitting right at that spot. Money in and, the bank. Yeah, that's a heck of a shot, man. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, but this, I just couldn't believe the way that that happened, the way that it went down. I wasn't watching the game live, so like many people, I flip on ESPN, and it goes to it, and you just, that's the level of fighting I haven't seen often in any 
sport. Like that amount of people go throwing down like that. We haven't seen that since Meta World Peace sledgehammered <laughs> a fan on the stands in like the early 2000s. Yeah, Ron Artest climbed up into the because that's the other thing too is that since this is taking place off of the court in you know behind the basket, there are a bunch of just people standing there. And I actually toward the tail end when they're finally separating everyone, there's this dude. It seems like just a fan just standing there yelling. And I don't know if that means he got hit or what. Like but when you start pulling players away from fans mm-hmm. or away from press or whoever it was in that, that side of the, that's not good. We need to not have that. So what happens now? I mean, does the NCAA fine both teams? Do they take away some postseason chances this year? Or what do they do? Um, what would you do if you were the commissioner? So the first thing I would try to do, and I think this would be a change you'd make, at least in college sports, if not across the board, is to try to coach players to not run into the crowd and make it like the baseball brawl like you don't want to encourage that to be the thing because you have two three four people fighting in an area especially in basketball when fans and everyone else is right there on the court um encourage people very much to i get it you want to defend your players you want to defend your team stay out of it and let coaches referees people who are solely interested in de-escalating be the only ones that respond by running into it. But it happens so quick. I know it did, and every single time it does. And I don't think anyone's emotions can be in check. Right. But I think if I'm the NCAA specifically, the first thing I do is lay down a a mandate saying that moving forward, even though DeSouza or whoever, if there's only a few people that take the blame for this, if you wind up involved in a fight like this, if you wind up running into it, I don't care who you're defending, what's going on, you will also be suspended for some amount of time. So very much encourage the players to remain out of it and allow like a hockey fight. See, a baseball fight, both teams have to go at it. That's tradition, Mm -hmm. apparently. But a hockey fight, usually you just let the two guys duke it out for a few minutes, then you put them in their penalty boxes. In that way, it's more controlled, you know? It doesn't become a brawl. And that's it's such a bad look to have a brawl where there's a player lifting a chair. Here's what I would do. You know how the college players are going to be paid now, right? Mm-hmm. The ones that were in the fight, put them in a pay-per-view <laughs> octagon UFC fight. That's their pay. Then they can't be paid as a college player anymore. <laughs> then the rest of the players on the team get paid. Oh, man. I don't know if that's a good idea. I feel like that's a really bad idea. But they put wear a... their basketball jerseys while they're fighting. Yeah, I mean, dude, MMA fighting, it's a thing. It, you get a lot of – you want one of them to, like, fight Conor McGregor? Is that how it goes? That's a good idea. DeSousa is now in the ring with McGregor next week. DeSousa versus McGregor mm-hmm. versus the Cowboy. Right. And then you get somebody from the WWE to narrate it, and maybe yeah. you put a chair somewhere Stone in the vicinity. Stone Cold Steve Austin there narrates you go. it. But DeSousa has a chair. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. I still think McGregor kicks the crap out of him. I don't think that's a fight you want to have. He's got a chair, though. Yeah, but McGregor just, did you see him own someone this past weekend? Best sports fight of all time. Who's your top three? Mount, or Mount Rushmore of sports fighters best okay wait best sports like fight altercations whatever yeah because i, I it have can be like wrestlers or anything i have one that immediately uh hit my brain and it's not that it really goes well two that it's not like they really go that well they're mm-hmm. kind of quicker fights um there's the time that mike piazza threw a bat at uh roger clemens or the mm, opposite yeah. i think roger uh the bat broke and they were chirping and this is in the world series and Raj throws the bat to the side and then mike charges him and Roger said he was just throwing the bat off the field. They're both baseball. Right. The other one is when Don Zimmer, uh, the former Yankee uh, coach, the um, unfortunately now passed away, Don Zimmer, charged Pedro Martinez. Oh, this is my that's favorite right. moment. He throws him down. All the sports. 
Don was like, I'm taking this guy down. Don is in his 60s, 70s at this point. Mm-hmm. Pedro is at the height of his ability. Right. This is a 20, 30-something, and Don tried to bulldoze him. And then all Pedro did was grab his, his uh, you know, bald head and threw him to the ground. Terrible. It was rough. It was terrible. Terrible look. But that's an honorable mention in my fights. What Give about me, you? Uh, A.J. Brzezinski, the 2005 World Series, when he just goes crazy <laughs> and just starts punching everything, including mm-hmm. the air. Um, yeah. I can't me, believe we yeah. don't have hockey fights. Ron Artest has to be in your No, 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 no. I'm not proud. I don't like that. I'm not. I don't want to. I'm wanna... not proud of it either, but I'm saying he's a good fighter when it comes down to it. He attacked fans, man. <laughs> hey. You never want to see fans involved. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying about the NCAA in this. Like, you want to encourage people to not escalate a fight like this, especially for basketball, because you're, the people that are innocent are just too close to mm-hmm. the action. You know, in hockey and the NFL, you have these giant barriers that pre- that prevent a brawl from from bleeding. And even in, in baseball, that, that always happens on the field. It's not like they go into the stands and do the fight. So basketball specifically, I, I don't think you can keep allowing this kind of thing to yeah, happen. you got to come down hard. You have to. Yeah. No postseason. <laughs> you have to. Seriously, you have to. No postseason for both teams. You're done. You'd be a terrible if everyone, anyone ever put you in charge of like a league. No postseason. Here's what I would do, in all honesty, all right, most seriousness. Ahead. Yeah, I would suspend indefinitely the players that were heavily involved in the fight, mm-hmm. the ones that were minorly involved, and you watch film over and over. Yeah, you get a, a range of games suspended depending on your correct. That's actions the, in the that's the road I'd fight. go. Uh, you inspire me though, Blake. Your your first proposal, the one where you just cancel the postseason, right. it makes me wonder what you do. We had this thing I used to do on another show I was on uh, back in the day. Um, it was called President for a Day. You get to be president for one day. You get to enact anything you want. There's no approval from Congress, nobody. Blake, essentially your emperor for a day. You get to make anything a law you want. After this break, I want to know what Blake Haas would make a law during his one day of president for a day. But first, a quick break. A lot more coming up. BC. Now, back to the Craig Common Show on WJBC. Greg Collins, Joe, AM 1230 WJBC. Blake Haas in studio for the first hour of the show from 2 to 3 o'clock. You do the news. You chat with me. Um, I asked you before the break something that I used to do uh, every so often on the show. I'd even let callers 829-2345 answer the question as well. So if uh, if you want in on this game, feel free. Uh, but, Blake, it is it is laid down that you are president for a day. Okay. Uh, and the rules change. You're allowed to enact anything you want for one day. No one else involved. Uh, what do you change about our country for just 24 hours uh, when given the power? No other radio stations can broadcast except for WJBC. <laughs> Across the entire country? Yeah, that's the first thing. We get one day of full coverage. Yeah. Man, that'd be fun. And and only like when you turn on the TV, it turns to us. <laughs> so you can only listen to us. But you can't see us. Wait a minute. So you, you take over all broadcast mediums yes. for one day of one WJBC day. radio on television and, and radio? Radio. Everywhere in the and country. And smartphones. Like, when you turn on social right. media, it's just us. That almost sounds like we're a terrorist. You know, like, that's what a Batman villain does in right. an episode or a movie. Or ISIS. Or ISIS. Yeah, that's honestly, that's what happens in, like, Iron Man movies and stuff. The bad guy takes over all the broadcast channels. Okay, is that the only thing you do? Um... <laughs> you said something off the air. Are you going to throw that one up? Yeah, bat no? tats for everyone. <laughs> I, I want to decline... 
Can I get a henna tattoo What's so they can come henna? back off? It's the fake one, the one that's like just with water. Oh, um, that's a licking stick. No, it's called a, a henna, henna tattoo. Henna goes on your hand, right? No, it doesn't. No, that's not. It doesn't oh. have to. Uh, it's more artistic. It's it's more developed version mm. of the licking stick. Can I get a licking stick <laughs> tattoo though? Is that going to be enough? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You have to get my name tattooed. No, no, no. Everyone <laughs> in the country for right. one day. Yeah. Blake's name. That's not... Okay. Those are the only things you'd want to do? Um, I'd probably in some regulations. Gotcha. Oh, look. You'd get serious. Yeah. So first we have WJBC broadcast throughout the country. For a day. Lick and stick tattoos. Yeah. And then you'd end regulations. And then have a purge. <laughs> I hate the idea of a purge. People joke <laughs> about purge. Right. Like, that's a funny thing, man. <laughs> the day that purge ever happens, that's not a funny thing. Oh, uh, we're all screwed. That's a terrible, terrible thing. Right. What I, would I, you do? If there was a purge? No, if you were president for Oh, a okay. Uh, a lot of different stuff. I would make the Yankees the national team. Of course, everyone would have to cheer for them for at right. least one day. That would be nice, Lame, I think. No, okay. well, why? It's what? the same as you what? turning WJBC on everywhere. Sorry, I'm trying to... No, it's us... good. That's valuable. Yeah. You're, but it's your favorite radio station. Right. You listen to it all the time yeah. while working here. My favorite uh, team is the New York Yankees, so I make everybody a fan for a day. That'd mm, be nice. Okay. I reverse the one uh, voter... Who said no to Derek Jeter? I make that guy say yes. Yeah, that's what I would do. But everybody else says no. <laughs> no, that sounds that sounds terrible. Uh, I'd make everybody go, do a, a electric scooter to work, just so they can all experience what I did when I electric <laughs> scooted here. Do they have to wear baseball gloves? Well, they they should baseball gloves and a, and a bike helmet. <laughs> hey man, it's what we had. Betty didn't <laughs> want to let me go out of the house in nothing. Right. So I had the bright red baseball gloves that I still have in my home, and I had a bike helmet. You were a sight. I was, and it, then the scooter died halfway through. <laughs> so I was walking in that attire. You should have called us. No, I wouldn't. Still won't. Yeah. I, but I want everyone to scoot to work once, just one time. Scooting. Yeah. Would you do it? The president just said to. Well, I don't have to follow the president's orders. Yes, you do. That's part of the. That's part of the rule. That's not a president. It's a dictator. Yeah, that's. You get communism. dictator for a day. Oh, oh so now we're a communist country. Okay. Like, <laughs> hmm. But we're responsible with it. You and I, we're not oh, going to abuse okay. that power. Yeah. We're going to do nice things. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know what else I do? I do one last thing. I would either outlaw grilled cheese sandwiches at restaurants entirely for the day. Oh, boy. You're, just you're not, walking a thin line they're here. Just not, or I would, I would allow all chefs in the country to make their best grilled cheese, bring it to the president, and then I as president would decide... If grilled cheese is an appropriate thing to have in your restaurant menu. What kind of grilled cheese are we talking here? We're I, talking four cheese, one cheese? See, I rail against the fact that it can be special. It's bread plus cheese. There's oh, not. It's just no, no, not no, a special no, no, item. No, 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 no. It's no. not. Have you ever had a good grilled cheese? Yeah, all the time. What, I, ki- what kind of grilled cheese? My aunt used to make them when I'd get sick and I'd stay with okay, her. Okay, no, look. She'd put butter on the sides and, and no, fry it no. and then put the cheese in the middle and then you'd eat delicious grilled cheese. That's some kind of watching Tom and Jerry grilled cheese. <laughs> Ain't nobody want that. No. What's a, what's a fantastic grilled cheese to you? You're going to have some tomato in there, some mayo, ah, that's, no, that's some not. provolone, some cheddar, some pepper jack, some American. You're too many cheeses. No, you're not. You over-cheesed it. Sorry, my taste buds want to be happy. Your taste buds want to be overloaded. You no. can't even tell the difference now. No, you you, you go on a pallet through across the countries <laughs> tasting the cheeses. <laughs> you, uh, you haven't had a good grilled cheese. That's I, the problem. Apparently. Do you like cheese in general? Yes. I also, on this very guy. show, uh, said to people that if you throw a party and you serve just cheese with sticks... You have not fed anyone. It's no. not. That's not an enjoyable. That's rookie move. That's a rookie move. Yeah. Even throwing out a cracker is not like that's not acceptable. I'm not a cheese only. Cheese is a topping. 
it's not its own product. Right. You have to put it on other things. Yes. Okay. That's correct. So you don't just eat it solo. You're not just sitting at home with a cheese stick every so often. Not a cheese stick, but I will eat shredded cheese. I'll get a bowl and I'll put shredded cheese in there. I'll start eating it. I don't know what you're saying. My brain blew up. I just so it just when exploded. You buy, buy a bag of cheese and like I know what you said. Store? So you get a fork. So I just want to picture Blake at home. Right. You go home after the show today. Right. You want a little snack. Yeah. Okay. So you go to the fridge. You get out the the bag mozzarella of, grilled cheese. cheese. Whoa. No, Whoa. no, not mozzarella. No. Okay. Which one? Which cheese? Whoa. Let's uh let's watch the M work there. <laughs> we are going provolone. Or we're going mixed like taco. Oh, in a taco bag of mixed cheese. Yeah. You dump it out in a bowl. Yeah. You get a fork. Uh, I, I'm a spoon guy, but we'll go with a fork. And you, sp- I, I'm going to take another break on AM twelve thirty WJBC. Everyone, anyone in the area, call in eight two nine two three four five. Blake has been ridiculed before for his uh, pepper, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich right. preparation, but I think this is worse. His snacking bowl of cheese, shredded cheese, shredded cheese move is delicious. Is now the least I do it's, not understand it. You can't knock it till you try it. But you didn't? Did you? Are you still hungry when you're done? No. Your how much cheese do you eat? <laughs> Depends on if I'm hungry or not. I'm going to find that out. Quick break, a lot more coming up on AM 1230. Eventually, I'll turn to other topics. we got other stuff to talk about. But Blake is an interesting, interesting man. One of the most interesting in the world, right? Mm-hmm. You should be in one of those commercials for, like, the Super Bowl. Dos Equis. You and Dos Equis, meteorologist Brian Walder. Rest of today, mostly cloudy. Tonight, cloudy skies with snow showers likely a low of 30. Tomorrow, snow turning to rain, snow mix, high of 34, low of 31. Friday, a.m. snow, then a rain, snow mix, high of 34. Saturday, cloudy, snow flurries possible, high of 35, uh, right now 33 degrees at Radio Bloomington. Now, before I let you go, Blake, before you're done um, with your news reporting for this program, I want to ask you if you think this study is accurate. Uh, Men and women were recently asked, about 2,000 people were surveyed, who is more emotional at work? What do you think the answer was? Uh, You're not right. You're radio. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Who do you Uh, think it is? Men. Absolutely correct. Men are by far more emotional, apparently, according to this study. Uh, They can be emotionally triggered at work much more easily than women. Um, It's a nine to five ratio, apparently. The likelihood of a man getting emotional at work. Where do you think the cause of that is? Do you think that even here at this building, the men are much more likely to spout off? Yeah, because I watch The Bachelor, and y'all don't think it's a good show. So when I talk about it, I get these looks. Well, we get triggered. We're all emotionally hmm, triggered. Look at this guy. Uh, Connected story to this, another one that I found, a different survey of 2,500 full-time workers said that faking your emotions at work is a death nail for your career. And this is anything, including the person who puts on the fake smiley face, the person who's just always chipper, but you know... You know, as a la the Bachelor episode, right? You know, it's uh, it's not real. Do you put on a fake uh, face for work? I don't think that I do. I think that I, I come in and just be me. Although half the time I throw on my Bose soundproofing headphones. Yeah. Well, I say, Craig. Right? Did that happen today, Craig? I gotta dive in, man. I gotta get my topics ready. Yeah. I'm, I'm not ready for the. Well, I don't know what you're listening to. Uh, rap. Shakira? <laughs> you know, Shakira. Why? Can you hear it sometimes? Well, uh, yeah. It's the Bose noise cancel. I thought these were the very fancy ones. Well, I yeah, thought... they cancel. You can't hear outside, but yeah. we can hear in oh, got it. your ear holes. I, I don't know. I'm trying to find bump songs for the show, so I have really cool bump music oh, that's what you for mean. the Craig Collins show. Mm. Uh, but I thought these were both interesting studies together, that men are likely to be emotional at work, more likely than women, and that do having fake emotions at work is not necessarily good for your career. At the same time, though, I don't think I'd ever coach anyone to be emotional at work. 
which is what these two things are kind of saying, is that men, you know, obviously seem to to climb the corporate ladder more easily, which is a problem. We need to fix That's that a huge in general. Problem. Um, but if they're also more likely to be emotional at work and, you know, fake emotions are bad, then I'm seeing a, a connection in all these pieces now. Mm-hmm. That apparently if you spout off enough times, odds of you getting a promotion go up, that doesn't make any sense. I don't like that. Okay. You don't like do you- No, I don't like that people have to not be who they truly are just to get something. You don't like that in general, though. That's not just a That's work just thing. That's just life. Yeah. Eight two nine two three four five. Do you like the fact that to succeed in in the world, you gotta kind of be a you know a, a friendly chief uh, meteorologist Brian Walder. The rest of the day today mostly cloudy. Tonight cloudy skies with a snow shower likely a high or a low excuse me a thirty. Tomorrow snow turning to rain slash snow mix high of thirty four low of thirty one. That's pretty close. Friday a.m. snow uh, then a rain snow mix high of thirty four. Saturday cloudy some snow flurries possible high of thirty five. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 33 degrees. This is the Craig Collins Show. You're listening to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I thought this was cool, uh, and I wonder if we're going to see a a lot more of this in the future. I assume we will. There will be some period of time, some eventual thing will happen, and we'll decide that this makes sense for all elections for everybody, but for right now, it is going to take place in Seattle. Uh, it is for a, a small election, low stakes, and not a high turnout at all. They have a really big problem getting voters to turn out. About 1% of the electorate, about 1.2 million people, uh, turn out and vote for the King County Board of Supervisors election uh, in Seattle. So they're going to allow people to use their smartphone to vote. They're going to be able to send information to your phone to verify you're who you're supposed to be, and then you'll be able to cast a vote for this, you know, as they say, small stakes, difficult turnout situation election. And so then they hope that they'll get a much better consensus for, you know, what people consider to be who they, they want representing them in that in that world. And I, I see this is the gateway, right? This is the entryway to this being a thing. And I understand anyone out there, 829 829- Two, three, four, five. That's hearing me say it and think, no way, no way. Way too many opportunities for abuse. Way too many opportunities for you know rigging the system, tricking the system, hacking it, what have you. I'm not saying that it'll it'll happen this year. I'm not saying that by the time we get to the elections in November, you'll be casting a vote on Facebook, on you know your smartphone, whatever. Uh, but it just makes too much sense. It makes too much sense that at some point. We will be able to forego the like showing up in person to a place part of the voting requirement and be capable of doing it at our home. We can do our taxes online. We can do a lot of stuff without having to, you know, go be physically anywhere. We can talk to each other. We can order any product we want delivered to the house. There's so many things out there and voting for whatever reason right now, you know, just cannot be added to that list. And I get it. I do. I understand how difficult it is to police a certain amount of things here. We have facial recognition, though, embedded in phones now. We have all different kind of ways to get as close to perfect as we can in this system. And the fact that somewhere someone is trying it uh, to turn a low you know, uh, response into a strong response from their voters excites me. The thing about it, too, and this is it's odd to say at times, but people don't vote for anything. There's like 50 percent of all people. And that's a made-up stat. It's something close to it, though. 
don't even vote for president. They don't show up. They don't get out there and and just give an opinion. And that's all you're supposed to do. That's the the you know the value in getting to vote is getting to say who you want to be in charge of stuff, local stuff, you know, national stuff, any kind of stuff. Um, so it would be great if we could find a way to fix the voter turnout problem. And if that way, truthfully, is just getting more people to to vote via some sort of electronic device that they're in control of, then then more power to you, man. I, I would be thrilled. And again, I will keep saying that I get the problems. But if 55.7% of people, uh, 250 million, turn out to the 2016 presidential election, if that's like the best we can do, 58% back in 2008 actually cast a ballot, we have a decent problem still. You have celebrities that go on and, and beg you to vote. You have, you know, for the next few months, you'll hear people all across the nation, radio stations like this, telling you to use your, your you know, very important uh, American citizen require you know, like your, your right, and go vote. Just go say who you want to be in charge of things, and a lot of people won't do it. And if it's, if it's just technology that bridges that gap, I, I would be thrilled to see it happen. So I thought this was a cool story out of Seattle. Uh, I think it's an intelligent move to do it for an election that doesn't even see more than 1% of the registered voters uh, give an opinion. Because that's what we want. We want the the actual opinion of the country to be the one we found. I'm not saying we don't have it. I, I don't want anyone to be, um, you know, confused as to what the underlying message is of this this segment, this statement. I'm not insinuating that we don't currently have the person we most wanted to have in the presidential office or anywhere else as a country. I'm just saying that I would like 100% of voters to turn out. And if technology gets it there, and, and I guess this shouldn't be surprising for a guy who has Alexa in every room of his house, but if technology is what gets us over that gap, uh, finally, after never really getting over that hurdle in the first place, I'm down. Let's do it. Quick break. A lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. After this break, I'm going to talk about, there's in the news now, is the idea that we might finally get rid of these emotional support animal things. It might be something that goes the way of you know anything else that's been canceled. Uh, it's a cancel culture thing, kind of. Uh, not really. But it, it will be hopefully going away soon. Uh, there's new you know conversations about that. Uh, in, in light of that, I have a story out of Ohio of a guy who has an emotional support animal that it'll, it'll make you laugh, but it also demonstrates how silly that whole system is and how it really makes sense to have it go away. Quick break. A lot more coming up in just a minute. Free in your app store. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Hey there, Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, There is a proposed federal rule that is going to potentially allow airlines to no longer allow emotional support animals. Uh, You can exclude all kinds of animals under the proposed rule. Uh, The U.S. Department of Transportation is seeking public comment. Uh, You have 60 days to submit comments at regulations.gov. The reason that this story is interesting to me is kind of twofold. One... Um, the problem with this whole, this whole setup, the emotional support animal thing is the bad apples, the people who abuse the system by bringing all kinds of rogue pets onto airplanes and what have you in order to say that like, that's their emotional support animal, their emotional support pet to, to fully emphasize, uh, that part of the problem is this story out of New York, um, which I think is going viral today, mostly because of, of the challenge going on federally. Uh, but a guy in Clinton, uh, Hill uh, was upset, I guess, that he takes the bus to Brooklyn all the time and he can't bring beer with him. 
He said that it's not fair that the uh, the public transportation system there says that the only way you're allowed to bring an alcoholic beverage and or smoke anything, and I think this is why it's worded this way, is the smoking half of that sentence, uh, unless you have prior written consent. That means that unless you have some sort of you know doctor approval, federal approval, etc., you cannot have any sort of smoking or drinking products, any sort of alcoholic products with you on the bus. Guy didn't like that. So this guy decided to register beer, B-E-E-R, as his emotional support dog. He went to usaservicedogregistration.com, which, by the way, just the fact that a place like that exists on the Internet, that's not a good start. He punched in beer as the name of his pet, and then he uh, forewent a bunch of the other questions like the breed of of his animal, et cetera, because it's it's beer. It's not it's not actually an animal. Uh, he still got a registration code back from the website, which he then plugged into the Nevada-based business uh, information center, I guess, and uh, boom, out came federal approval or some sort of you know approval that this company is is authorized to give, allowing him to have beer be his emotional support animal. He then prints off the the documents needed. And brings them around with him, and he's he's excited about it. He's quoted several times in this tongue-in-cheek article, because he also seems to think it's kind of funny. Uh, but he said, I travel from upstate to Brooklyn a lot, and on the bus they say it's a federal crime to smoke or drink. Uh, not that I'm an alcoholic, but I just wondered where you get that written consent from. I don't mean it to, uh, as far as he said, you know, listing beer as an emotional support um, situation. He goes, I don't mean that in the heady mental health manner kind of way. More I mean it in the I'm going to a party and I want to break the ice kind of way. That's why he needs, quote unquote, emotional support and why he listed beer. And like I said, even though it didn't ask him what his his brew or, uh, you know, creation of choices, what his type of beer is, that he prefers a seasonal IPA, uh, according to the story. And he said he can register his beer all day long. It's not going to hurt anyone and it's not going to get him anywhere, um, I guess, according to the to the group, too. Because once anyone notices that maybe the things are not connected, they might not let him, you know, walk onto a plane or a bus or whatever with a with a full glass of beer. But still, that's but this proves the point. This sort of demonstrates the issue that whether it wasn't regulated well enough or whether it's not really thought out um, well enough, there's like people would um, have monkeys be their emotional support animal. Then they try to take a monkey on a on a plane with them. And it's just, you can't go any road you want. I get it. I would love to have a pet monkey. That'd be fine. I'd love to have emotional support beer uh, be allowed to go with me wherever I want to go. But it's just not, it's not a uh, responsible way to do stuff. And this is sad because there are people who really, really need things like a, like a dog um, to, to overcome whatever social anxieties would have, they have, whatever you know, issues they have with going out, with being in public, with being on planes, that that's how they get that done. And as soon as we roll out a rule like that, it just gets abused like crazy. It, it's all over the place. People had birds that would be emotional support birds. And again, I kind of get that move. Uh, my wife's mom, a uh, lovely woman, my mother-in-law, has a bunch of birds as pets at her house and loves them. But if we tried to take all them on a plane with us, like that's not going to work out for everybody especially if they can still fly. It's just not a it's it's not an uh, intelligent way to do stuff. So it's a shame that we've come to a point where a federal law is very likely to be placed is very likely to be enacted that that prevents any and all of this. But at the same time it's just it's too silly of a situation. We got to get 
some version of this where there's not people who abuse things, but there will always be people like this guy in New York that wants to get beer to be his emotional support animal. And as long as that exists, I guess, if you can't have nice things, you can't have anything at all. It's that rule. It's the playground rule where you take all your toys and go home because people aren't playing nice. Uh, In other news, another story that I thought was interesting today, or at least a question uh, that I thought was uh, kind of intriguing that was put out on social media. Do you return the shopping cart? When you go get groceries, when you go out, uh, and some stores are different, Aldi, for example, comes to mind. We've been going there recently, and you gotta you got to put a quarter in to even get the shopping cart, so it makes it much more likely, I think, that you return it. I don't see people out there wrangling the carts all the time because everybody wants their quarterback. Uh, but do you do that? Are you the kind of person that goes out, goes shopping, gets the cart, and puts it at least back in one of the little you know, areas, or do you just leave it by the side of the road? A study found that there are five types of of shopping cart returners. There's the people who will just full-on steal the cart and walk away, which if you've ever seen one, you know, like if you live somewhere, maybe you live in an apartment complex, maybe you're a student at ISU, and you see like a Target shopping cart sitting next to you, that person's a terrible, awful person, uh, but they exist out there. Uh, There's people who will just never return it, just leave it wherever they are. Uh, There's people who put it in the, the closest receptacle to them, and apparently... And this is interesting that the study found there are people who will return it all the way into the the store, even if you have like the outdoor. I've never seen anyone do that. Sometimes I feel like these studies I bring up on the Craig Collins show just have a bunch of liars uh, as people who answer these questions, because I can't believe with a straight face you would look at someone and say, yeah, no, I'm the eight, two, nine, two, three, four, five. Call in if you're the type of person that this survey is saying exists that even though there's those like little cart receptacles outside at your Target, you bring it all the way back into the store because you're, you're super nice. I used to work at a Meyer. I used to be a cart wrangler at a Meyer, and I know those people don't exist. I know firsthand that's not a, that's not a real thing. Uh, but if you do it, uh, prove me wrong, 829-2345. It is news time on AM 1230 WJBC. I am Craig Collins. I'll be on until 6 o'clock today. Uh, after me, you got some co- college basketball. ISU is playing Bradley. Big game there, uh, so stick around with us all day long. But right now, it's Neil It's Neil Doyle for news. It's Brian Walder, mostly cloudy today. Cloudy skies with showers possible tonight, a low of 30. That's snow. Uh, tomorrow, snow turning into rain and snow mix, a high of 34. Friday, a.m. snow, then a rain-snow mix, high of 34 again. Saturday, cloudy, some snow flurries possible, high of 35. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 33 degrees. <laughs> You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. It's Greg Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, my guest is the president of A Just Brew. Uh, this is a coffee shop on campus at ISU. It's at the Campus uh, Religious Center. It is open from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. every single day. Uh, but it's a really unique coffee shop with a really cool message. Uh, so, Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, so, first, explain to us what A Just Brew is um, and why it's kind of different than maybe a Starbucks or any other coffee shop. Totally. So Adjust Brew is completely nonprofit, donation-based, and it's student-run, all volunteer. Um, and so we serve um, ethically sourced um, craft coffee, and um, we do it all just for suggested donations. Uh, you can give as much or as little as you'd like. Yeah, and so there's there's a goal, though. It's more than just the fact that it's, you know, a really cool thing to do for students to have it be donation based, which is which is awesome. But all the donations are right. going to an an incredible cause, and and part of the reason why it's called a Just Brew. Uh, but so, what are you benefiting? Totally. 
So 100% of our profit gets donated to International Justice Mission, which is the world's largest anti-slavery organization. Not everyone um, is aware of this, but there actually are still um, 40 million slaves in the world today, um, and that's more than any other point in human history. And so we give all of our profit towards IGM so that they can do their work of rescuing victims, um, restoring them in aftercare, and also just transforming justice systems in the developing world. Yeah, uh, so it's interesting you say that, and you guys um, uh, use the word slavery, because we might not totally understand that that's a completely accurate term to use, but so so people are, are still... Um, you know, being controlled in all different kinds of ways. Uh, you mentioned uh, human trafficking. You mentioned a bunch of the different areas in which people are victims to this kind of thing. But but talk a little bit about what it means in today's day and age to be one of 40,000 people that are still uh, dealing with, with, you know, being a slave to something. Yeah, actually 40 million, actually. 40, no, so, excuse me, 40 million. That's yes. what I meant. Sorry. Yes, absolutely. So that can take different um, shapes and forms. Um, IJM works in the developing world primarily, so some examples of work they do is they do a lot in Cambodia with um, girls, young girls, often minors, um, in Brussels as sex slaves. Wow. They work in Ghana with young boys on um, fishing boats um, to slave, slave owners there. They work in Central America and do a lot with um, violence towards children, and they work in um, different parts of Africa doing a lot of stuff with, like, land theft. So slavery is kind of a broad term that kind of, Describes uh, just being held in violent oppression uh, sure. against one's will. Yeah, uh, forty million men, men, women, and children are caught in slavery throughout the world. Uh, your coffee shop on the campus at ISU, completely donation based, is is trying to to make that. But that's it's such a wonderful cause. It, it's funny because I'm a millennial. I'm 34 years old. I get made fun of yeah. all the time by having this coffee addiction of wanting to go out, spend money on a Starbucks or whatever <laughs> totally. it is. And now I feel like uh, at least a little bit better that I can turn to someone and be like, well, look, I if I go here, I'm benefiting people in, in <laughs> yes. horrible, horrendous situations, and I still get my latte. So it's it's the best right, of right. both worlds of this. So are you guys really busy? How long have you been open? Yeah, so we actually just opened this Monday, the 20th. Yeah. And so, so today was our third day, and it has been very busy. We have actually reached, just shy of a thousand dollars raised in wow. those three days, which is amazing, and it's been fun because um, people have just kind of come and camped out. People have been studying for tests and um, going on dates and just See? hanging out all day. And so, yes, we've had, we've had it pretty busy the last three days. And you said it's all it's all volunteer based. So all the students who work at the uh, the coffee shop too all obviously believe in the mission, as as it sounds like you do. So it's it's kind of a wonderful play on something that as millennials. You get to ride it a lot, um, and as uh, you know, uh, a Gen Z, you get to ride it a lot for your right. your love of going yep. to the coffee shop. But come on, man! Now, 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 how do you say anything negative? So, thank you so much for the right. the work yes, you're doing. Thank you um, for me. And you guys yeah. are open from nine to three Monday through Friday. Is that right? Yes. Okay. We are, cool. and we're in the Campus Religious Center, which is two ten West Mulberry Street. Cool. It's right across the street from uh, Manchester Hall. Yeah, anyone can go. You don't have to be a student. You can go, and you're supporting a great cause. Um, and you guys are the right. second location. There's one in, in Wisconsin. So is that how you got you maybe partnered with them, found out about what they were doing there, and decided to, to open a second one here? Yeah, so I actually um, went to Ghana over the summer, spent five weeks there with International Justice Mission, gotcha. doing anti-human trafficking work. And a connection I made there, um, was a man named Dan Mackett, and he went to the University of Wisconsin, graduated six years ago, and he started a Just Brew on campus. And so I reached out to him in October, 
asking what would it look like for me to bring into ISU, and he's kind of coached me through the whole process. Wow. Uh, she is An- Andrea Greening. She is the president of A Just Brew here in Bloomington in Normal. Uh, she obviously very passionate. Uh, awesome to have you again. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. And Thank and you so much. I'm swinging by for a cup of coffee real soon. Oh, good. Good. Cool. All right. See you soon. Thank you so much. Uh, That's that's so cool. It's so good to see when people do something, when they acknowledge, you know, like, yeah, it's really popular for especially students at college campuses to go grab a coffee, study, go on dates, all the things she said. Why not flip the system a little bit and and find a way for this this money being spent on on, you know, a cup of joe to go to something incredibly valuable and using terms like slavery, using powerful words and, and, you know, kind of opening eyes to a lot of people out there who who assume that those kind of things are just like, you know, something that's not going on anymore. Like that's that's the reason to have them on the show. And I, I really hope that they uh, uh, succeed. It's a really cool story. I got to take a break. A lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. This is a great Collins show. I am going to talk about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle again because I can't get enough of the story. I also have a story about a, a social media. See, so anytime a millennial does good, like the people I was just talking to or a, a Gen Z does good, we also have a social media influencer going rogue. I have a story about someone who faked a broken ankle uh, to get onto a flight early, and that's just, that's not a good look. And apparently now that people have found out she's in a lot of trouble, she's a social media influencer. We see. Every day, the words that I want you to now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, I saw this story today in Forbes. Uh, the story is talking about the idea that Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, will eventually write a tell-all book and how much money uh, they were like they would be likely to make. What's interesting about this story, as you, as you read it, though, is the idea that right now uh, Prince Harry and Meghan have said that they will uphold the Queen's values uh, living out the rest of their lives, no longer being you know royals, his and her majesty, whatever it is that's going on there, or no longer public royals, at least if you're asking them. Um, but this this article goes through quite a few people who've done this throughout their, you know, whatever. And it's not just necessarily uh, royal people. It's all kind of things. It, it talks about Bill Clinton's tell-all book and a bunch of other tell-all books and how much money was made off of those. Uh, Bill Clinton had a memoir he wrote in 2004, 15 million bucks. George W. Bush, 7 million bucks. He had a Decision Points book written in 2010. The Obamas reportedly garnered $65 million from Penguin Random House for their 2017 deal that has two different uh, pieces of work coming from it. So how much money would the Royals make, would uh, Harry and Meghan make, if they ever did a tell-all book? And is that likely to be the way they gain their income at some point? Part of the reason why this is so interesting, according to Forbes, is they, and this is, I don't even know how you do this, they estimated how much money Prince Harry and Meghan actually spend year in and year out. I guess a lot of it must be publicly documented uh, there, and it's about $3 million a year. So in order to keep the lifestyle the same as when they were um, a prince of England and, and princess, whatever, uh, is to get about $3 bucks, which to me sounds low. And not, not that I have anywhere near that kind of money or can even fathom that kind of money uh, in my life, but like you, you just assume that a prince of England is blowing through more than $3 million a year, but I guess not. And so they're projecting a book deal, uh, Forbes is, for them to be about $50 million dollars. 50 million bucks, which means they could sustain for several years. And if you uh, if you call someone like a Sean P. Craig or a Blake and get them to invest part of that 50 million, so you're only taking out 3 million a year, I'm sure you can compound it. 
I'm sure there's ways to to make money off your money, and then maybe you're you're good for you know quite a long time over that initial payment of that fifty thousand dollars. But if the Obamas can get sixty five million for their book deal, you would assume the level of public interest in something like this would be very very high. But the problem, as pointed out in the article on Forbes, which you can check out, uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, Megxit Millions: How Harry and Meghan Can Write a New Chapter and Get Royally Rich. That's the name of the article in Forbes.com. Uh, but the the debate as to whether or not that would be, you know, following in the virtues of the Queen of England, following the virtues of you know royal people to write a, a tell-all book. You could even do a reality TV show. You know, in all honesty, you could just do like any other reality show, which again, of course, probably isn't keeping in line with the royal tradition, but. It's today's day and age. We're not years ago. You just throw a camera in their house in Canada, and boom, you got a lot of money right there. Uh, Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? <laughs> yeah, Greg. This is Ron. I enjoy listening to you when I get a chance. Thanks. Uh, all I can say is uh, $3 million a year. How, how do you spend more than that? Now, I'm telling you that the protection that Harry and Meghan would have to yeah. have is probably – that alone. Well, I, I guess it's, yeah. I guess the projection in Canada is like a million bucks a year, but they they, they assume that Canada is gonna gonna maybe pay half, and then maybe England pays half. But so yeah, protection alone is about a million dollars, I guess, and that's not what Forbes is uh, calculating here. That's just an extended cost that they're assuming yeah. Meghan and Harry don't have to pay. Yeah, yeah, which is and crazy. I'll, yeah, I'll just uh, say this for Meghan's father. Yes. He's gotten a really bad rap on all this, but he just said here a couple of days ago, she got to be a princess. What is she complaining about? Oh, yeah. I I, I just don't get it. And I, I got the same thing with Diana. Bless her heart. I'm sad that she went through what she went through and then sure. lost her life. And now these boys have had to go it on their own with their dad, who, well, we'll, we'll leave that aside. Sure. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I wonder if, if you think this, up. Oh, he's gone, if you think this like I do, because uh, I definitely think that part of the reason that all this has happened is the fact that, that Prince Harry is a, is a son of Princess Diana. I think that if that's not a narrative, if that's not a, you know, a, an experience in his life to lose his mom running away from paparazzi, uh, then you don't try as hard as you can to protect your family, to protect your wife from negative publicity, negative paparazzi, because there is, there's a fear element. You envision eventually the obsession getting so intense, like it did for Princess Diana, that that someday something scary, bad, risky, whatever could happen because people are chasing her all over the place. And that's that's literally what happened. He lost his mom because of her press notoriety. And I can't, I could never look this guy in the face. If I ever met Prince Harry, I couldn't judge him or Meghan for a second because how could you possibly say to someone who went through this, their life experience is to lose their mother to, to press his interest in, in her and her story, you know, to tell her, well, come on, you're overreacting to Meghan and how much press was obsessed with her and how mean, how negative they were. There's a story that I think my wife saw yesterday in the daily mail making fun of how Meghan Markle carries her baby. It's currently a story out there. Meghan is in Canada. She's not even in the UK. She has run as far from publications like the Daily Mail as I guess she can, and they're still taking photos of her you know, and, and sharing stories because they think she has no idea how to hold her child. Look, man, if it's me and I can write a, a tell-all book 
for 50 million bucks. I do that for sure. And, and like our caller, I have no idea how you spend $3 million a year, but I'm not, I'm not a royal. I could do with like, I don't know, 500000 Throw 500000 at me. I could handle that. I think I could spend that amount of money, but I don't think I need more than that. Uh, good to know uh, that that's out there now, too. Quick break. A lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. In this break, you'll hear from Sanjay Gupta. Uh, then you have more from me. I will tell you the story I mentioned uh, before the news, the, the story I also wanted to talk about in this half hour, uh, the influencer who pretended to have a broken ankle so she could board a flight early. Uh, her name is Jamie Zhu. People are not happy, and no crap they shouldn't be. Quick today, mostly cloudy. Tonight, cloudy skies with snow showers possible, a low of 30. Tomorrow, snow turning to a rain mix, a high of 34. Friday, a.m. snow, then a rain-snow mix, high of 34 again. Saturday, cloudy, some snow flurries possible, high of 35. Right now, Radio Bloomington, 33 degrees. Before the news, I've got about two or three minutes. I want to tell you about this social media influencer, uh, this uh, Australian influencer, I guess, predominantly on Instagram. His name is Jamie Zhu. He put up a three-minute video on uh, maybe on YouTube as well, talking about how you can fly business class for free. It had like exclamation points, um, all caps. You know, it was perfectly uh, uh, titled video. I guess all he does, he owns one of those, they call them the moon boot, but they're that like broken leg, that big giant boot you throw on uh, over the cast. You can walk around, uh, what have you. He puts one of those on. He has one at home. He gets to the airport first, and then he, uh, he you know, wears the moon boot up to the uh, ticket thing, asks for a special upgrade to business class because of his broken ankle, it almost always works, according to the video, as it does in the, the three-minute video that he put up on, on social media. They upgrade him. His buddy tapes the whole thing, uh, and his buddy is, like, you know, sad that he has to go sit in, uh, in regular class. Well, this guy, this influencer named Jamie Zhu, is sitting up in, in first class having the time of his life. Uh, and then, I guess, to be as hilarious as possible in the social media world, he goes to the bathroom just before getting off the plane, takes off the boot, walks around perfectly normal and sits back down. And then when he's getting off his flight, I guess one of the flight attendants leans in and says, I hope your your ankle feels better. And to, to cap the joke, he says to that person, he goes, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. And that's the video. Uh, people are upset. He thought that his fans would love it. He thought that maybe people would start, I don't know if they'd like really copy him. And that's that's also a thing. And I don't really have a lot of time to talk about it. But like the prank, the YouTube celebrity who's like a prank artist, I don't know if, if that's the best of people to, to look up to, but even though his fans had said it was genius and he's awesome, a lot of other people weighed in, uh, and Jamie has now realized that you put something out there on the Internet, and it's not just uh, Brian Walder is sponsored by Heller Motors, looking for a newer used vehicle at a low price, then Heller Motors in Pontiac is the place to go. Heller, Mo Heller loves to make their customers happy with great selection, low prices, outstanding service. Shop Heller Motors online at Heller Stores. Dot com the rest of the day today cloudy tonight clear skies uh, snow showers likely though low of 30 tomorrow snow turning to rain snow mix a high of 34 friday a.m snow then a rain snow mix in the afternoon high at 34 saturday cloudy some snow flurries possible high of 35 right now at radio bloomington it is 31 degrees you're listening to the great Collins show on wjbc Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Thrilled to have my next guest on. Veronica Walsingham is a writer who's all over the place. She's on all kinds of publications. Uh, her most recent uh, editorial, her most recent piece is on the New York Times, and people love it, I think. Uh, Veronica, welcome to the show. 
Hi, thanks, Craig. Yeah, um, this this article is so well done. It's actually part of a a series, I guess, of pieces appearing in the New York Times where we imagine a future, um, and and different writers are taking on different things they see happening five, ten, two hundred years from now. Uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's called op-eds from the future. So you're kind of writing from a imagined future. And have you done a lot of comedy writing then? Is a lot of your, your stuff that's out there on the internet right now all in this kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of... Because uh, so, this is so funny, this piece. Oh, thank you. Um, no, this was actually kind of way out of my wheelhouse. Gotcha. Because, um, it's, yeah, it's kind of like fiction. So um, it was a lot of making things up, and I usually do uh, criticism, so... Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, I think that I, I saw some of your like television criticism. So obviously, you might be very into TV. What you chose to take on in your uh, New York Times uh, editorial, your New York Times piece, is a world in which streaming services continue to grow like they have been just a few years down the road <laughs> yeah. from now, and you're spending, according to the piece, over a hundred bucks, like a hundred and ten dollars a month, paying for different services, and you you go from there. It's called "We Should Have Bought the DVDs." It's a great uh, <laughs> uh, piece that people should check out. But just tell me, like, the inspiration for this, are you currently a subscriber to a bunch of different uh, streaming services as is? Kind of, yeah. I I counted up, and I right now I'm at seven. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and they just kind of keep multiplying. Like, I haven't subscribed to Apple Plus yet, but... Meaning, see, that's, know, that's the one... one- that's the one I've resisted so far, too. I'm about with you. I have Hulu. I have all of them. And for whatever reason, like, the, the morning show hasn't been enough for me yet. But it sounds like it is. It sounds like I should be in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, you try to hold out for as long as you can because right. it's just another monthly bill. Well, and also, like, Disney Plus, I don't know if you added that one when it came out. Like, it doesn't have, like, Netflix. And you do such a great job of of making fun of and yet you know highlighting uh, a lot of truth in this situation like netflix years ago had all the stuff i wanted for seven eight dollars now though i i have all these different platforms so i sign up for disney plus and there's not really a lot of original new things there yet so i probably could have waited on that one uh yeah exactly i mean they have baby yoda but yep. other than that it's not much else Okay, so one thing I want to uh, highlight is the amount of jokes you made about the uh, uh, fictional TV shows that you see or maybe don't <laughs> see becoming a thing in the future. Um, and that's how, because I've talked about this on the show before, like every single announcement for HBO Max or whatever comes with this, like their first big show that, uh, you know, Apple is a great example with the morning show, this first big like must-see kind of thing that they'll have on the platform. The best one. And I, I'm sure you're hearing this in social media. This has to be a show. They have to make this show is Bluffington. The idea that the Doug <laughs> cartoon show would be turned into like a dark, serious take on some sort of incredible. Like, I don't even know who you'd cast in the roles for this thing. But this is a stroke of G. This has to be a show. We have to make this for you. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously kind of a soup off Riverdale. But, yeah. you know, um, uh, a lot of people responded to that one. They really liked it, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so great. But there's so many good ones in here, so many good things throughout the whole the whole piece, just assuming. And obviously, at the same time, as you joke about this, I, I think the reason it might have you know caught fire is, is because there's a lot of truth here. We do all project this world where all the different you know owners of content realize that all you have to do is build your own platform and, and you know people might buy into it. So we are getting so separated now. Uh, in this world of streaming services in general. Yeah, I mean, 
mean, you know, Netflix paid, I think, $100 million just to keep Friends for 2019. Wow. Um, and that's because they understood the value of, like, people paying just to put that on when, like, they could just buy the DVD set, you know? <laughs> kind of weird. Right. Uh, by the way, I, I want to highlight your uh, Twitter uh, handle for a second. Veronica is drunk is your Twitter. You can check her out there <laughs> for anything you need, anything that she uh, she covers. But you even do a great job of pointing the, the numbers of that out. And are those actual, because I couldn't figure out where the satire ended and the truth began, are those actual numbers for what it would have cost to buy box sets as opposed to, you know, what streaming services might cost in the future? Yes, I did the actual math for that, yeah. Okay, so $380.96 is the box sets for a lot of the shows that you would need in your life. Is that correct? Right, yeah. yeah I see. I can't even, because right now I know that I'm spending, yep, at least $30, $40. I mean, you said you have seven services right now. We're already like halfway to this satirized version of the future you see. We're already at like 40 50 bucks a month. Exactly. And you know what? A lot of people pointed out that they buy DVDs at like Goodwill stores where they're much cheaper yeah um, so you don't even have to get them new you know well and i wonder if they keep going down in prices this sort of thing keeps uh becoming more and more you know popular because uh, really seriously and as you point out which is also expertly done in the piece every time i go to netflix every time i go to any of the platforms i stream on i don't know i keep watching the same marvel movies i've seen 75 times because maybe i just don't like options like maybe i'm afraid of of choices so I just go back to the comforts of Chris Evans as, as Captain America, and I'll watch that for a 16th time, apparently. No, yeah, that's, I think that's just human nature. But Netflix, you know, they've sunk all this money into original content, um, but their most watched television show is The Office. Yeah, so by it's like far. People are just going back. Yeah, yeah, and it makes yeah. it so buying the DVDs, that seems like a, a great piece of just PSA announcement kind of thing in general. I do have one other question, <laughs> though. I looked up some of the other oh. stuff. Uh, you've covered some of the other stuff you've written about, and I noticed an article uh, talking a lot about Lost, um, compl- comparing it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whatever. Are you a huge fan of Lost? I'm just curious. Oh, um, I, I enjoy Lost, for sure. I just um, I thought it was kind of interesting how the MCU kind of takes tropes from television, and yeah. it's made this huge film experience kind of like watching an ongoing TV show. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did there. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Um, just real quick, though, just because I it's are you a TV nerd then? Do you think you'd describe yourself as that or no? Oh, probably. I watch way too much television for oh, sure. OK, yeah. fantastic. Then I, ju- I just have to ask the ending of Lost was atrocious, right? You got it. You have to agree with me. I love you so much. I love this article so much. But if you like <laughs> the ending of Lost, I'm going to get confused. It was on, gotcha. so I kind of binged it afterwards. So it didn't upset me as much as I think it upset people who watched it in real time. I watched it at a movie theater, a Bruin View movie theater, where you could drink while you were oh. watching it. They they did it live, like it was a special thing in Chicago. So I went there with a bunch of other idiots, and we watched the whole two hours, and we were hammered by the end. And it's so disappointing because uh, the premise of that show <laughs> was they were going to answer questions, and then it seems like the writers just got confused as to what questions they had asked. So they're like, you know what? That's not the point. The point's different. But so, yeah, so I, I found yeah. that piece and I just got uh, ta- tangent kind of fascinated on that. But I love this article. Check it out. It's uh, at the New York Times now. We, we should have bought the DVDs. So incredibly true. Um, and actually, you know, one other thing you're doing great uh, in this piece, Veronica, is encouraging people to not be mad when, like, grandma or grandpa buy you a DVD for Christmas because they're really just preventing you from wasting money 10 to 15 years from now. 
I think that I think that she went through a tunnel or something. But thank you so much to her for joining us. Veronica is drunk is her Twitter handle, and it's totally true. Every time I get one of those gifts uh, for for Christmas or whatever, I actually have a cousin who always gets me DVDs, TV shows, whatever uh, for almost any birthday or anything. And now I'm tremendously grateful for him. Check out the story. We should have bought the DVDs on New York Times. Very funny. Very good. Quick break, a lot more coming. And sends me weather. I don't even have the weather ready all the time, but this is supposed to be Brian's moment to give us weather, so he's going to do it in just a second. I'm stalling like a pro. Brian time. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. We'll see cloudy skies for the rest of the day today. Then cloudy skies continue tonight. Snow showers move into the area. Now we'll continue into tomorrow morning. Might pick up on an inch or two as we head into tomorrow morning. Then throughout the day, some snow showers continuing with the rain-snow mix at times. High temperatures reaching the mid-30s tomorrow. We could see some slushy conditions throughout the day as well. Snow back in the forecast tomorrow night into Friday morning. Once again, another inch or two possible. And once again, by Friday afternoon, a rain-snow mix in the forecast. Any lingering moisture will turn back to also Friday night into Saturday morning. Then things should be drying out for the weekend. Storm totals could be upward of maybe 3 to 5 inches of snow, but we'll see some melting at times throughout the day on Thursday and Friday. So despite that, don't expect that much snow on the ground Saturday morning, but snowfall accumulation still a good bet over the next couple days. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much, Brian. Right now it is 31 degrees at Radio Bloomington. It's the Craig Collins Show. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Look, real quick, inside the, uh, you know, the actor's studio here, inside whatever, uh, behind the scenes, whatever you want to call it, I know that I'm a, a transplanted East Coaster East Coast human. I'm from born and raised in New Jersey. I like the Yankees. I like the New York football giants. Those are not your teams. Your Cardinals fans, your Bears fans, I get it. Uh, those things are better topics to talk about on the radio. But when, you know, guys like Eli Manning retire or Derek Jeter gets one vote shy of the uh, the Hall of Fame perfect score, I, I just give me a few minutes. Just forgive me. Hang with me. It'll be fun. Uh, Neil Doyle texted me this story as I was interviewing my last guest from the New York Times, uh, who you really should read her Read her story if you're out there in the world. Uh, Veronica uh, Walsingham. It's a great article about how we should really just be buying DVDs and not streaming anything. Uh, But Eli, he announced he's retiring. He's done 16 seasons in New York. I mean, notorious for forcing the Giants to be the ones that got him, forcing his way out of San Diego, which is just silly. They're even asking this year if uh, quarterbacks will do that again, Um, which is it's so stupid that it happened. It was such a, a crappy, like, I'm a Manning. Do you understand that I'm a Manning? Um, and so, you know, forced his way in New York, but won two Super Bowls there. 60% completion rate, 57,023 yards, 366 touchdowns, 244 interceptions. It's not the best. I mean, was he an all-time great? No. The answer is probably a hard no. Right, Neil? That, that's a hard no. I, you know, I was looking up some of his stats. Uh He's seventh all-time in passing yards, seventh all-time in passing touchdowns as he retires. Here's another interesting tidbit. Would you have guessed this? And this is a pretty credible source I feel like I'm getting this from. He never missed a game due to an injury. Well, yeah, because he he had... Due to an injury. He had had a a, um, record number of starts. Uh, He had been taken out of games, getting injured during games, but he had started every single game until he was eventually benched uh, for another quarterback. That was a big deal when that first started happening. Uh, Before, even now... When he gets benched, you know, pretty much beginning of the season for a guy who seems like the heir apparent in New York. So yeah, for a long time he was a a 
you know, iron kind of guy who started every game he could. And so. only two other there's only two players that have more Super Bowl MVPs than Eli Manning. Can you name them? Um, Tom Brady. Yes. And uh, the other person, Joe Montana. Yep. Yeah, I figured uh, those both make sense because it's it's a subset of guys though. See, here's the thing. Uh, this can dovetail into a Derek Jeter conversation <laughs> very easily. It just can. Uh, one of the big things New York said it about him, the Giants, that he he did it the right way. Uh, this is a quote from uh, Giants co-owner John Mara. For 16 seasons, Eli Manning defined what it is to be a New York Giant, both on and off the field. Very important to make that addition. Uh, he represented our franchise as a consummate professional with dignity and accountability. They're the same human in some regards, Neil. Derek Jeter, just probably better at his sport, more you know one of the best all-time than Eli was at his sport, although seventh on both of those totals. That's, although it's also not fair, right, because you're comparing apples to oranges. The current NFL passes quite a bit more than in Joe's day or in uh, Terry Bradshaw's day. So it's not really fair to, to use that as like a, he's one of the seven best quarterbacks ever. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are still there. Yeah, they I'm are. I'm interested to see how long they stack up, right, because of how much the NFL has changed. And yeah. Now, and there's some pretty talented quarterbacks right now. So, but no, I mean, I've I've never had any issues with Eli. And again, I mean, I'm not a Giants fan like you, but mm-hmm. I've always thought he kind of went out there. Did his did, thing. Did what he did. And well, part of the problem is is Peyton being your brother. Right. You know, because like any time, like even as a Giants fan, man, you would watch Peyton Manning do something, and then you'd look at our Manning, and be, I, I assume it might be the way it happened at the family, although there is a third Manning. Uh, that guy might be a little bit more derided than the other two. Uh, but when you watch Peyton go out there and, like, set records and do amazing things, and then Eli is struggling to get that second touchdown, you're like, okay, they're not, they're not the same guy. There's, but I loved Eli. I love Eli Manning. I don't mind saying it on the radio. Great guy. And that's the thing. When, you, when you're a quarterback, a, a shortstop, whatever, in New York with that media environment, I think it's, it's of value to mention that you go you know, um, without any sort of controversy, that you make it as one of the biggest stars, one of the biggest names, the entire career, just an upstanding citizen. Did well. Press didn't dislike him. Nobody, you know... Uh, has a bad thing really to say about the guy, that's impressive to me. I don't know if it's fair, but it's impressive. I'm going to say you have to be happy that he's retiring now and not like going to try to play with some <laughs> other team. Because, we, I mean, you don't want to see that. Because even if he would have stuck around for maybe one more year this next season and went to Tampa Bay to play a year, right. it's like, uh, you know, who knows how he does. But I- I'm happy he's retiring. He's had a pretty good career. I believe he's having a news conference tomorrow. I have to figure out what time that's. I at. will have to watch that. Yeah. I almost stream it live on WJBC <laughs> to no one's benefit. Um, now I don't know. I, it's funny you say that too, because like I, I'm of both worlds in that in that regard. Uh, would I have liked Eli to live his whole career as a New York Giant and you know not play anywhere else? Sure, I, I like that. Um, I also enjoyed watching Jordan when he played with the Wizards, which sounds sacrilegious, but I got to go to some of those games, you know, and I got to see a guy who, if I were an athlete, let me say it this way: if I were an athlete. That, that rose to the mountain of pro in any sport. I don't care what it is. If uh, John Davies and I actually do take off in cornhole and we become champions eventually over time, Neil, I will be the kind of guy that holds on till the bitter end. I'll be the guy that's the third-string quarterback on a team, you know, that's just way beyond my heyday and everyone's begging me to retire and I'm icing it all out Tom Brady style and coming right back for another season. That was a mean shot. That wasn't even a deserved shot, but they took it Tommy. But I, it just that's the way I would do it. If your whole life was about playing this sport, 
I wouldn't give a crap personally about going out on top, but maybe that says something about the fact that I've never been on top, Neil. I don't know. Well, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if Eli, too, do you see him getting into any type of like announcing or doing any yeah. of that? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Tony Romo is like blazing the trail oh, here, yeah. man. I mean, that guy, it's it's incredible. He even called a uh, you know a 12 men on the field the other day. It was because of him mentioning there were too many men on the field that the referees go back and, and, you know, reverse something and make a call. And I could see Eli uh, fitting in very well there. He's never been quite the, you know, personable star that, again, Peyton Peyton is just, I've lived this life, man. I have a younger brother who in every way got better genes than I did. And so I understand the sadness, but maybe the Mannings together could do something because Peyton's a draw. I don't know that Eli would be as much of a draw. From what uh, I've heard from you, and I've I've seen some other things on social media, I hear Eli might have got the gene. He's a little bit of a, a party guy. I wonder if yeah. he's going to celebrate it up tonight. You know, going that, going out in retirement. I'm sure he's going to go out and have a uh, have some fun this evening. That he did. I I, I love the story. I think this was in uh, Sports Illustrated recently, and I saw it, and I just I didn't even understand. Uh, it just it's not that it's a bad thing. It's not. It's just surprising when you find this out about Eli. Um, I guess over the his playing career, he had found a guy. In every stadium, every NFL place he ever played, there was a guy, someone who worked for the other team, that knew that Eli needed a six-pack when he landed or when he got to the uh, to the atmosphere, to the arena, what have you. So his teammates, even the younger ones who would play with this two-time Super Bowl champion, this MVP player later on, were most impressed by his connections in every single city he went to where a six-pack would be delivered to the guy that he could have pre-post-game, whatever he needed it. Because uh, that in and of itself is the kind of cool, you know, world I want to I wanna live in someday. There's just a guy who's like, oh, is Eli, he's playing here next week? Got to pick up that six-pack. And How if he, cool. And if he makes those connections at, I mean, obviously played in the league forever, but yeah. if you're able to make those connections at those opposing stadiums, you got to imagine this, There's, guy's, yeah. this guy's got like probably 10 different bars he goes to, just walks in, everybody, you know, just got, <laughs> has his drink ready at the corner for him when he's like, just knows Look, everybody and knows everyone. I know Eli's not from Jersey, I'm aware, but, uh, you know, the boss has set a uh, example, Neil, that we all follow, anyone connected to the state of New Jersey, which, even if you think he's a New Yorker, Eli played his games right there at East Rutherford, which is in New Jersey, um, just, uh, just a little mention for anyone out there, uh, the boss goes to his local watering hole, the same one he's been going to since before he was famous to watch Giants games, among other things. And we all take that very seriously from where we're from. So I imagine Eli is one of those same guys, same ilk, same cloth. He just does that, you know, doesn't care that he's famous. He just lives his normal, simple life. Eli Manning. I know, man. To Done. I would have loved to see him keep going. And again, I don't know if that's bad. Um, and he's not, like, he's not Tom Brady. I, I think it actually, this is so weird to say as a Giants fan who just actively dislikes Tom Brady with all of my soul, um, but it'd be sadder to see him be a backup quarterback somewhere. You know, like, because Eli didn't rise to the level of of debatably the greatest at his sport. Michael Jordan, when he came black, back and played for the Wizards, a lot of people criticized the fact that he had the perfect storybook ending, hitting that shot in 98, winning a championship, and being able to walk away. Although he did walk away, for anyone that wants Jordan trivia, because that's more friendly to the area. Uh, he walked away because of a strike. He didn't walk away because he didn't want to play in 99. He walked away because they traded Pippen, and the players striked, uh, shortening the season. And Jordan just got fed up and was like, you know what, fine, career over. And so then he just – but he also is a great example of how the those people just – you can't get it out of the system. It just sits there. It gnaws at you. And so had Eli played for another six years and been just a terrible third stringer, I wouldn't have held it against him.
Well, and you're the bigger fan, but I'm, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you retired. I think yeah. good, good way to go out. Decent. Yeah. Had a good career, and now just you know can live comfortably for the rest of his life. Well, certainly they're more likely to make a movie about a, a guy who goes out on top than one like me, a guy who's just <laughs> hanging out. Although honestly, maybe that's my pitch. Like if I ever do, if I ever do rise to the level of stardom in anywhere, the movie that actually will be turned out about me is that like ten years later when I'm still hanging on, begging for whatever I can get. Because I, I don't know. I mean, come on, it's the NFL. If a team called you right now, Neil, and said you could be third string quarterback. NFL team. You'd never say no. I'd be there in four hours. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Quit live on the air during a newscast. Right now the news is, oh, wait, I got to go. I'm out. (laughs) Craig, do the news. I got to call real quick. Hold on. I'll take this. I got a commercial break I got to take. But uh, caller, what's your name? Uh, Steve. What do you want to say, Steve? I just want to say Tom Brady will never be a backup. Uh, He can't. You can't. He's He's one of the best ever, unfortunately, in my opinion. But, yeah, he can never be a backup. He's going to be one or two places next year. New England. Or the Chargers. You know, it's interesting you say that. I have a story in front of me about Tommy, about what uh, Robert Kraft said today about wanting him to come back. Um, all these ideas. That I don't think he's a New England man. Here, i got to take a break, though. I thank okay. you for the call. Um, okay, thank you. Bye. Yep, I just I don't see that either. I see uh, Tom Brady not retiring, but not being in New England. I'll talk. WJBC AM 1230, this is the Craig Collins Show. I was just thanked for talking about The Bachelor today. That's cool. That's the thing that we're going to keep doing on Wednesdays because, well, I'm trapped in a world where a coworker, several, actually my wife is a coworker too, so several coworkers. I love that show for whatever reason. All right, I'll talk about Tom Brady real quick because I saw this story. Robert Kraft, did he go to the social medias? Uh, I, I can't find it in front of me for a second. I don't know, Neil, if you know what I'm talking about, but uh, Robert Kraft said that they're very interested, the New England Patriots, in signing one Tom Brady to come back. Uh, here it is uh, for another year. Um, a TMZ Sports presents uh, a clip, a soundbite of Robert saying that, you know, he very much wants to bring Tommy back, which surprised me um, because I just don't see that happening. I don't know why it would happen. I don't understand, you know, in what we're I, – look, I, Tom Brady is, is still a good quarterback. He is, but Belichick doesn't want him. He does not want him to play there, my opinion, but he doesn't want that to happen. So, you know, who gets to make the call? Is it, is it Robert? Is it the owner? Or is it, uh, is it Belichick, who usually gets – carte blanche to do whatever he wants with the teams he coaches i think it's going to be belichick and for that reason i think that's why tommy cleaned out his locker that's why he sold his home uh i don't even know if that's true actually i thought he did i gotta check that now too uh but i think tommy's assuming he's not he's not going to play there anymore do you agree with uh steve who called in and think wh- where do you see him going do you have any oh i don't know or, i mean just about anywhere i, I well i imagine whoever's willing to i think tom wants a ring uh, you know, I think he got used to wanting rings. So the the best possible option to me, I heard people say he'll go where the money is. Giselle's got money too, man. I don't think he needs money. I think he wants prestige and he wants to win things. So the Bears aren't a bad idea. That's not a terrible decision. Not if uh, the Bears are willing to pull that trigger. So mm. you know, there's several teams that I think could uh could enhance their chances on a one off uh, by getting a Tom Brady, and the Bears have to be at the top of, of one of those lists. Well, our GM says we're all in on Trubisky, so, I uh-huh. so I'll, leave it, I'll leave it there. Well, you never know. Tradey trade. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And then other things happen. Quick break, because i got, I got to get to Kim Commando a lot more. Com- Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, mostly cloudy. Uh, skies tonight, snow showers likely, a low of 30. Tomorrow, snow turning to rain-snow mix, a high of 34. Friday, a.m. snow, then a rain-snow mix as well, high of 34. Saturday, cloudy, some snow flurries possible, high of 35. 
Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. This is all Neil Doyle's fault. He sent me a story about Eli Manning. Then it got me thinking about Derek Jeter. Then I went to my social media pages, and there's a whole thing where Derek Jeter did like this press conference. He was asked a question. What was the best part of your career? He gave an answer. I'm now eating all that up, and i got to play it for you. When you look back on your career, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud that um, I was a Yankee. It's the only thing I ever wanted to do since as long as I could remember was play shortstop for the New York Yankees, and I had an opportunity to do that. I had an opportunity to do it for a long time. And um, when it's all said and done, that's what I'm, I'm most proud of. That is the best answer anyone has ever given to a question in my entire life. No exaggeration, no hyperbole. Okay, maybe a little. Uh, But that, I mean, I do would probably have been a good answer when Betty was asked that at my wedding. But other than those questions, Derek Jeter saying, what is he he most fond of in his life? Uh, Saying that he was a Yankee shortstop. Like, I also grew up, Jeets, with that exact same dream. I wanted to be a New York Yankee shortstop my whole life, and it didn't work out. And so if I were you... And at the end of all of this, that's what I turn to, and that's what I say. Now, granted, however much you do, do or don't believe that answer, maybe you think that Jeter is uh, is always programmed to say the most you know friendly thing and maybe not always the truth. It's, he's never came off fake like an A-Rod. He comes off sincere, and man, is that a good answer. I am just so proud of Derek Jeter, and uh, I want that one writer to be you know shamed out of the industry. That's what I want to happen. I don't, I don't think that's a logical goal. I would like the writer to retire. Can the writer retire with Eli? Is that the way that works? I mean, it could. It would be great. He, come on, how is he not a Hall of Famer? I can't do it again, Neil. I don't want to derail an hour or half hour or 45 minutes of the show yelling and then have callers call in and tell me stuff like, it's just baseball, man. you got to get over it. But that's the answer you want. I mean, that was a great answer. Right. If you're a fan of a team, if St. Louis Cardinals, whoever, Bears, and like your, one of your iconic players is asked, like, what do you most... Uh, I love about your career, and it's nothing that he did. It's not the flip play. It's not the home runs in November. It's not the World Series wins. It's that he's proud to be a part of the— That's the most organization-friendly answer I've ever heard in my brain, and it made me so happy. And he's a smart, pretty smart guy. I mean, he's he running is. stuff down there in, in Miami now. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe you say he's not smart because that right. team's struggling, but they are. He, he's a very intelligent guy. But you could tell too that the reporter asked him that question, and he just he takes a, maybe a little extra second mm-hmm. to just kind of formulate his thoughts, and he delivers just kind of a great answer. You can't beat that. By the way, I do believe that the guy was born in Jersey. Uh, he grew up on on I think in Florida, maybe mostly, but but on the East Coast. So I think he could have been connected to the Yankees organization as a child. I believe that Jeets could have been a Yankee fan. And, uh, yeah, if you grow up like that, like anyone, 829-2345, I don't care if you're into sports. I don't care if you're into music. There's always that random, you know, childhood dream that that you have. Like, this is the thing I'd want to play, the position, whatever, bass player for maybe Skinner. I don't know. Everybody's got a thing. And the fact that a guy who got to live it, like the thing we all would want, or at least I would want, and that he gives that answer, like the same answer I think I would give, uh, because it would never happen. It's such a good answer. He had to assume the question was coming, though, so I don't know. I bet. I hope it wasn't rehearsed. I don't want to think about it. All right, got to move on. I can't. I'll just talk about Jeter for... Can I do a four-hour special tomorrow on just Jeter? Do you think I, mean, I get fired immediately after? No, it's a good time to do it. Just got inducted. Right. So. right. I mean, honestly, we start warning the audience. By the way, the social media pages are out there. If you want to donate to the Polar Plunge, maybe you're feeling bad about you know uh, anything right now. Maybe you're feeling sorry for Craig Collins and his obsession with the Yankees, and you want to 
throw a little money at the uh, you know Special Olympics and make me not feel bad about. It. I, I have sixty five bucks now. I was going to ask you where where are you at? Yeah, sixty. I got three donors. They're all very sweet people. So thank you to all of my donors so far who've who've given money to the idea that I'll jump in freezing cold water next month. Uh, but if if I need you know thirty five more. So if there are a couple more out there, oh, and I do have B four uh, festival tickets to give away, but I'll do it. I won't do it with the social media today. I'll just give it to uh, maybe a caller toward the tail end of the last hour of the show. Maybe if someone can just tell me that Derek Jeter was a pretty good guy uh, when they call in, yeah, then you got a better chance. No, I'm kidding. I'll give it to like a the fifth caller or something, and I'll do that in half an hour. So stick here, and in half an hour, I'm giving away B four festival tickets. Uh, moving on. There's other stories in the news, other things I like to talk about, and it's the news to me. Uh, more often than not. But th- I just want to read this headline. You don't have to. Maybe we won't do the whole story. It's a crazy story out of California. Uh, but the headline alone made me laugh. And it just made me laugh because, like, logistically, I pictured it going down. And I, it's a bold thing. It's just a bold. I would never have the courage, <laughs> a lot of the things required to do this. The headline is, nearly 100 beehives stolen from North Car- California orchard Stealing a beehive, much less a hundred of them, is just the kind of thing I don't have the cojones for. I don't know if I can say cojones on the air, but I did it twice. Um, I just, I don't, I don't think that's a. And I guess the the total like revenue you generate from that many beehives is only about forty four thousand dollars. So it's not like you're going to get a whole bunch of. Uh, it's not worth it, man. I don't know if you go in bee suit. I don't know how you get it done, but moving beehives to me would not be the crime of choice. It's not where I would go. Uh, it's it's up to you if that's your thing. Uh, apparently, they, they disappeared overnight, so someone executed this flawlessly. Uh, one of the uh, news organizations that covered the story said it's hard enough keeping the bees alive without someone having to steal them. This is very frustrating. That's what someone told one of the news organizations there. And I get it. I'd be upset if I were the owners, but I, I just, I never thought I'd be, a, if I owned a, a bee farm, I wouldn't have been worried about security. That's not where my mind would have went, that people were going to steal these things, because they are... I don't like getting stung by bees is what I'm trying to say. So if, if you're out there right now and you get, you know, this crime, uh, explain it to me. I'd love to know. One other thing that I have, then I got to take a break. I got a commercial break in a second. Uh, this scared me, and I like to uh, fan the flames of fear from time to time in the show. I don't mean that honestly. That was sarcasm if you can't tell. Uh, but a new report says that Americans are more exposed to toxic chemicals in their drinking water than first assumed. Um, there are forever chemicals called PFASs. I don't want to try to say what the actual substances are called because I'm going to I'm going to uh, flummox it. Um, but they are they're in water because of different things that I guess we used to use commonly, even like the the foam that firefighters used to use to put out fires. A lot of the the cleaning products, Scotchgard, Teflon, whatever, uh, these leaked into our water supplies throughout the country. And apparently they're very bad, very dangerous and assumed to be at lower levels. Um, but a new study that went to 44 different places in 31 different states found only one spot, uh, Meridian, uh, Mississippi, that had no trace of these chemicals, and that's because they get all their water from wells. Um, but other than that, almost everywhere else they went, bad reporting, bad situation. Um, so that scares me. That petrifies me. I don't know if uh, if um, the filters we have fix this situation either, so... I don't have all the details in front of me, but the, uh, you know, I'm afraid of sinkholes. I'm afraid of things that I don't understand, and contaminated water is now one of them. Do we have any word on how the water is here in Bloomington? Have there been any uh, any studies done? I think we're okay. Okay, good talk. Neil's always fine. He, he's never <laughs> afraid. Never worried at all. Happy Eli's retired, not worried. These are things. 
that I just can't handle. Uh, quick break, a lot more coming up. VC.com. You're listening to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Welcome back to The Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, I talk about things on this show inappropriate to me. I do it all the time. Uh, I do it for I don't know what reasons. Uh, for example, yesterday I talked about the cost of giving birth. I don't have any kids, and I'm never going to be in that situation, but I think it's bad that it's gotten as high as it's gotten, and I think that it, we could do more about it. Uh, today I'm going to talk about parenting. There is a story out of Ohio. An Ohio parent was at his... His kid's basketball game, I believe it was a, was a fifth-grade basketball game, and I guess parents started to get rowdy. Uh, they were getting rowdy because the ref was blowing some calls, uh, if you believe the parent side of things, and they were, you know, disparaging him in some ways, I guess. Um, and actually, this is a quote from one of the police officers who wound up responding to the situation. Uh, there were some comments and remarks being made to the referee regarding some calls that he had made. The parents were quite upset about that. No crap. That is how things started. It gets to the point, though, and I guess this is in the second half of the game, and I will have a question that goes with this, but it gets to the point that one of the dads gets on the court and I guess verbatim, according to this article, headbutts the ref. So the, the guy gets down on the court, and you see it in the video. He, he lowers his head and goes straight in for the headbutt-to-gut move, and uh, I guess that's his, his version of upset that the guy's missing calls. And then the, the ref, who's not, like, totally blown away. It's a, it's a fifth-grade basketball game. The guy's not, you know, I think he was capable of handling himself is what I'd say. They just start to fight. And then a bunch of, like, curse words, I guess, profanities were getting thrown out, people flipping each other off, whatever. And so my question, 829-2345, this is a guy without a kid. This is a guy that can't maybe totally understand the passion. How does this happen? How do you go, like my, my brother, his kids are, are playing sports. His oldest daughter, who's tall, man, she'd be such a good basketball player, isn't as interested. So I think she plays volleyball right now, but she's not you know, one of the best players. She doesn't really care. Uh, but then his, his son, his oldest son, his middle kid, is a pretty good soccer player. And so they've been doing like travel league this year. And, lo- and my brother goes a bunch of places to see his son play. And I sh- I'm sure... There are good calls, bad calls, and and his kid is one of the best on the team, and yet he never throws down. I never hear a story where halfway through my brother had to, like, attack a guy. Uh, Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? My name is Lynn. Lynn, what do you want to say? I have a 13-year-old grandson and a 45-year-old son. I think we've lost all sense of civility. Gotcha. People think think that the way to solve problems or to... um, express your opinion is physically and i think that's wrong i hope that's not what my grandson is learning gotcha you're worried about that though your your 45 year old son might not be setting the I best think, no my son is doing just fine oh good I think that, that the parents his age and perhaps younger I mean, gotcha okay old have a 13 year old yeah um, gotcha they, they've lost all sense of stability these people think that they're always right and the way to solve the problem is physical, and I just think that's obnoxious. Yeah, no, I did. I hope, I, I hope the ref sues the guy. Yeah, I did. Does your does your grandson play a sport? By the way, no, he does not. And okay. One of the reasons he does not is he doesn't like the meanness, as he put it, of the players. Wow. Well, he sounds like I, I got to let you go because your your phone is kind of hard to hear you. But thank you so much for calling in. Um, that's that's a pretty. Uh, profound, pretty intelligent thing for the kid to say that he doesn't like the 
the meanness of sport. Although there are a crap ton of studies, if I'm going on the other side of this too, that if you can get your kid into um, athletics, into like team sports, and maybe you know team sports run responsibly, uh, to factor in the fact that some of them are, are not run responsibly, uh, it benefits the kid in the long run. So if uh, if her grandson does wind up showing uh, interest in something, and you find the right you know landing spot for all that, it might. It might be a good thing to, I don't know, it doesn't really matter. I'm sure there's other things other than sports you could get into that would maybe have the same effect that a, a team sport has on those interpersonal skills that come from it. But it is a shame. And I do agree to an extent with our caller that it seems more and more that like stories like this and things like this happen. Um, and I just, it's a fifth grade basketball game. Even if the ref is atrocious, you know, and I, I am one to go to a professional event and not be totally civil all the time. I am one to, to chirp a little bit. I'm not going to get on the floor and headbutt. I'm not going to go, you know, full Rambo situation on these on these uh, these moments. And that's only in the pro world where the, the people have all risen to the level that, you know, you're supposed to, even the refs are supposed to be the pros. But fifth grade basketball, this, this person's probably a volunteer. If anything, they're getting like 25 to 50 bucks uh, for the game. And they're getting Brian Walder. I have uh, him. He's going to talk about this. But go ahead and start calling in. You can call in for your chance to win the B4 Festival tickets. I will take the 10th caller in honor of uh, one Eli Manning. 10th caller gets tickets to B4 Festival. Uh, Now it's uh, weather time, though, from Brian. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. We'll see cloudy skies for the rest of the day today. Then cloudy skies continue tonight. Snow showers move into the area. Now we'll continue into tomorrow morning. Might pick up on an inch or two as we head into tomorrow morning. Then throughout the day, some snow showers continuing with the rain-snow mix at times. High temperatures reaching the mid-30s tomorrow. We could see some slushy conditions throughout the day as well. Snow back in the forecast tomorrow night into Friday morning. Once again, another inch or two possible. And once again, by Friday afternoon, a rain-snow mix in the forecast. Any lingering moisture will turn back to also Friday night into Saturday morning. Then things should be drying out for the weekend. Storm totals could be upward of maybe three to five inches of snow, but we'll see some melting at times throughout the day on Thursday and Friday. So despite that, don't expect that much snow on the ground Saturday morning, but snowfall accumulation still a good bet over the next couple days. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Wow, people seem to really want these tickets. I got a lot more calls in the last uh, 30 seconds than I got all the rest of the show. Here's a bump, and uh, we probably are going to get our winner in just a second. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. What is your name, caller? Uh, my name is Carlos. Carlos, you just won some tickets to the B4 Festival. Are you excited about that? Oh, yes. Awesome, man. Uh, have you won something from WJBC before, just out of curiosity? Uh, lunch. Lunch? Or uh, both, but that was like last year. Okay. Well, if you're comfortable giving your last name out on the air, you will not have to call me back. If you're not, Carlos, then you can call me back in my break so I can take all your info. Uh, but if we have your info from a previous win, I just need your last name and I can get that in for you. Sure. Uh, Miranda, M-I-R-A-N-D-A. All right. Uh, Carlos Miranda, congratulations. Uh, enjoy the show, man. Thanks for calling into the show. All right, thanks. Sure. Oh, no problem. Uh, so Carlos is your winner. Uh, anyone else calling the uh, hotline right now? I'm sorry you guys didn't make That was 10 calls in a minute and a half. Uh, every so often I wonder if there's people out there listening to this show, and at least for the B4 Festival tickets it seems like there are. Uh, so congratulations to Carlos. Moving on to other stuff. Um, Mr. Peanut's dead. 
Is anyone aware of that? Does anyone know that that's a thing? Um, apparently, like, I don't know, uh, Planters, the company, is going to have a, um, a Super Bowl commercial in, which, in where Mr. Peanut's not going to make it. He's 104 years old. He is the spokesnut for Planters, according to his Twitter account, which has recently been changed to the official estate of Mr. Peanut. Uh, he was born in 1916 and died in 2020. I've seen the, the commercial because uh, it's already out there. And I don't know if this there's going to be like a continuation commercial or if this is the only one, the one that will air uh, during the Super Bowl. Um, but he, he does a, a Marvel thing. He's hanging on a tree with two other uh, people. Wesley Snipes is one of them. And he sacrifices himself so the other people live. And it's almost a shot-for-shot uh, remake of something that happened in a Marvel movie recently. So for whatever reason... Uh, some people aren't getting the joke, but that's that's where it comes from. It's it's identically, you know, to what Black Widow does to save Jeremy Renner, uh, Hawkeye in that in that film. Not the most recent one, which is weird. This is a callback to a film that came out more than a year ago. Um, so maybe that's why people are missing the point. But they've they've killed off Mr. Peanut. Uh, so if you if you're sad about that, if you're uh, disappointed, or if you're suspicious that maybe although this is a really smart way uh, to maybe rebrand Planners, if that's the goal, if the goal is to have a different spokesperson after, you know, 104 years of the Mr. Peanut spokesnut situation to, to move on completely. There's no better way to do it than Super Bowl commercial time, celebrities in the in the commercial, including Wesley Snipes, and then you off him, a la very popular movie. Um, so, yeah, for anyone wondering, anyone out there that was curious if that news would be on the show today, it is Mr. Peanut uh, sacrifices himself to save Wesley Snipes. Commercial coming soon and then i don't know i imagine there'll be an extension of that story somehow uh, another story i really liked this one is out of derbyshire uh, which i don't even know where that is but i assume it's in the uk uh, a person's name is is sonia barton she's 47 years old uh, she found out that her husband was cheating on her very sad uh, but what did she do with that that information didn't immediately confront the guy instead found his vinyl collection his 2500 dollars plus vinyl collection and turned it into the floor of her house. She, I guess she got someone to come in when the husband had been away, repanel the, uh, the kitchen, and put down the vinyls under linoleum or something. So now she walks on one of his favorite possessions every single day. And uh, it made me smile to read the story from Sonia. It's a revenge thing. It's, it's you know, I don't know, some people might think it's, uh, it's exceptionally mean, but she found out that someone in her life wasn't treating her right. What'd she do? She turned one of his favorite possessions into floor. And so I love that story. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, the, the record collection includes Dire Straits, among other uh, you know notable different things. So, so if you're curious out there how to get back at somebody that might have wronged you, this is one pretty funny way to do it, in my opinion. Just turn a, you know, a possession they want into something you walk on every single day. Uh, and then, you know, uh, that's, that's as good a message to send as any. My mom is texting in. Mom, why do, you, why do you have a reaction to that story? Uh, she should have sold them. No, she shouldn't have sold them. Yeah, sure, you make 2500 bucks, but then if you get a divorce, you're fighting over the money. Now it's just floor in her house. Now it's they're ruined as far as, like, you know, you can't play them anymore because when I guess you put them into floor, you also ruin any ability for those vinyls to be usable. So I think that's a much better revenge. That's And it's, it's a good, you know, motivator. You got to get over this guy. No better way to do that than walk on his stuff. Uh, moving on to another, I love that that's all day. That's the story that mom wants to weigh in on. Um, another another quick thing, and then I got to take a break here on AM twelve thirty WJBC. Uh, people are divided. They're fighting on the social medias, and every time people fight on social media, Craig Collins reports on it right here on AM twelve thirty 
because I don't know, I'm a glutton for this kind of stuff. What way you sleep, which direction you sleep, what part of what position you sleep in, there's debate going on. Uh, and there are actually nine different positions according to the no, excuse me, 18 different positions according to this Twitter post, which are just variations of the, you know, back stomach uh, side or other side situation. And and people, it's got like 1,500 likes right now, a bunch of retweets. People are going to argue about it for a while, I guess. And they get mad. I mean, to say that one sleep position is better than others without any form of, of science or anything backing it up is amusing to me. But to some people, apparently, it's just not allowed. Um, someone said, like, uh, <laughs> I can't even read most of what they said. Uh, start off at 6, but progress all the way to number 12 or 13 on the list. you got to see them to understand what I'm saying. And then, seriously, some derogatory terms to other people who say they're some of the other positions. Uh, but I think it's funny. Like, what, what position do you sleep in? 829-2345. You can call in and tell me that. Uh, I want to try to learn how to sleep on my back. I've read a bunch, a bunch of recent things about how healthy it is. It's just better for your posture. It's better for your, your human life, apparently, if you, if you can back sleep. And I guess it depends on the mattress situation. You know, we have a memory foam and just everything else going on, because I guess there might be ways to, to not be in a good position there. But side sleeping is bad on your posture, on your, your back, and all kinds of stuff. Stomach sleeping is just tr- tremendously bad. If you Google anything right now about is sleeping on your stomach healthy, people seem to think it's not for a, a litany of reasons. But back sleeping, that's like uh, the least likely to be the way you sleep. Only 12% of people can do it naturally, but it, it seems to be the most benefit. I don't know how to train myself to sleep another way, though. If anybody has a life hack, 829 because obviously the only thing you do, practice. You go to bed laying on your back, and I'm not comfortable at all, and I'm hoping over time, like, my body just gives up. Just like, yeah, fine. This guy's going to sleep, back sleep every day. We, we eventually give up. Or I just lay in bed creepily for, like, five hours without sleeping and just, like, stare at the ceiling. Or, as Neil does, read my cell phone the entire time. And back sleeping... Worst position for cell phone reading because you got a double hand hold it up above your face. So like in that world, it's just that's the worst version. You want to lean to the side and have like the phone mostly on the bed so you're not holding it the whole time. Like that's pro, right? As far as the way to sleep while reading phone. Well, and if it, if you're holding the phone above you, there's a good chance it falls right on your face. Yeah, oh, it hits you all the time. Mm-hmm. Even before you're nodding off, it'll you'll drop it a few times a night. Um, but yeah, I, I want to learn how to back sleep because of the the benefits to it, but it might mean that I also have to go phone-free at night, which is another challenge in and of itself. It's a two-for-one trying to make myself a healthier person. It's a lot of twi- challenges. I know. Can you back sleep? Mm, okay. N- uh, I have before. I don't think it was on purpose, though. Yeah, see, no. I don't think... Oh, I have a caller. Look at this. I hope they want to weigh in on back sleeping and not just tickets. Uh, caller, what's your name? Oh, it's Nancy. Do you Do you sleep on your back, Nancy? No, okay. but when I was when my foot was broken, I laid on my back. I have an answer for his rainwater. I mean, for his water problem. The water, wait, what? Which problem? Polluted water in the bottles and in the lakes. And yeah, stuff. yeah. I was talking about a study earlier um, um, where they found that, like in almost every place they tested, there was a lot of bad chemicals in tap water here in the United States. <clears throat> yeah. So here's the answer. All right. Rain rainwater. When wanna... the rainwater comes down, you catch it. There's your water. Like in my mouth, you mean? Oh no, they have they have uh, 
things that catch rainwater oh. coming off the I thought you were oh, saying oh, oh, only oh. only drink when, when it's raining, just stick my face up, and then other than that, it's soda all the time. Uh, but I, I like... No, no. I got it. That's a, so put out some jugs and stuff. Yeah, well, they also sell in... Um, in uh, oh, darn. They sell a rain barrel that come oh. down, you know, off the house and stuff, and yeah. then it's rainwater for your garden. Interesting, and you can actually yes. drink that though. You gotta—I I assume you gotta do some stuff to it. Probably, but that's fresh water. That's true. It's not polluted. Well, thank you for the call. Thank you very much for calling in. Most welcome. I—I I totally thought she meant like I—I I don't know why. That's just dumb me. That when she was like the rainwater, I really thought she meant only drink water when it's raining. You could have some issues with that because we've you know had times where it goes a little uh, <laughs> drought around here, and you, you might get a little thirsty. Collins hasn't had water in six days. That guy's not. And also, like honestly, it doesn't always rain during like normal hours. I'm outside at like 3 a.m. when I can't sleep while I'm laying on my back reading my phone, and I got to go out and get a drink because it's the only time water's there. Man. What a life that I plan not, to live. That would not be good. That would not be good. I would be. I would not be alive. I would be a very not alive person very soon. Uh, but I'm not sure I'm going to go uh, rain bucket. I don't know that I could. And I. I don't want to be mean to our caller either. That water is still kind of not great. I. I Do you think it's great? But it's actually just the stuff that rises up from the ground and then gets turned into water. And there's a lot of reasons why it's not healthy uh, to drink. Unless I were living in like a rain. Maybe I just moved to the rainforest, Neil. That's the solution for 2020 for Craig. Get to the only location where there's where everything's good. There's no sinkholes. There's no bees. All the things I've been afraid of that I've talked about today, run away from all of it. Then it's, I'll be fine. It's either that or you go with the rainwater, go back <laughs> sleep, and no phone. It's, how how odd of a... If you met a dude that did all that stuff, like how unique of a human would that guy be? Like, hey, man, uh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm catching my drinking water for the week. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm up to all weekend long. I got bottles all outside my home. They would arrest me. It would be interesting. Yeah. Oh, you drive by Collins' house, and he's just got barrels everywhere. Guy's got a drink. What's uh, going on over there? He's <laughs> just waiting for, the, waiting for the rain again. Oh, that's old man Craig Collins. That's exactly who I'd become immediately. I don't care how old I am. The minute I'm laying out barrel after barrel to catch my drinking water because I'm afraid of the tap water is the minute I've, I've tipped. A quick break, a lot more coming up. Ryan Walder, cloudy skies, snow showers likely tonight, a low of 30. Tomorrow, snow turning to rain slash snow mix, high of 34. Friday, a.m. snow, then a rain-snow mix, high of 34 again. Saturday, cloudy, some snow flurries possible, high of 35. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. I'm going to talk about something that might scare some people. Uh, I've been doing that all show, I guess, in one way or another. Um, but not scare you like, you know, you're not going to be afraid of this idea. You probably just you don't want it uh, to be a thing that ever happens. I do. Um, I use Chime, the banking uh, system Chime. And I used to talk about it more, uh, but then someone made a joke about how it sounds like, I, you know, I get paid for I do not get paid. No endorsement, no commercials, no nothing. But I use Chime. It actually works with Busey Bank, too, who is a sponsor. So way to go. Connection there. I can use their uh, their facilities to get money. But Chime is an all internet bank there's no locations that actually are there's no like chime bank that i can walk into at any time uh, like i said they have partnerships with people like Busey to do some of the stuff i can't do all the stuff that you can do a uh, person with a regular bank but i can do a lot of things uh there's a new study out this is out of north carolina that says three and four people 
now say they don't really need a physical bank. I'm not saying I think that they'd like to see it go completely away because a lot of people still bank at places where you can go you know, to do things. But because your phone can submit a check, because you can, you know, de- like deposit, withdraw money from ATMs, you don't actually need to go to like a walk-in bank location for a majority of people. Uh, you're not going to be surprised by this. Gen Z and millennials are, are blazing that trail. They are much more likely than the other two generations, Gen X and baby boomers, to be completely okay, and even the silent generation, to be completely okay with this idea. Uh, something like only 15% of people in the in the Gen X plus generations uh, said that it would make sense to have no more you know physical location banks to only be able to do online banking. But by the time you get to Gen Z, by the time you get to millennials, fifty percent or more of respondents say up to eighty-seven percent of millennials say that they don't care at all. There's no fear, no concern with the idea that your bank is almost entirely on your your cell phone. I mean, Apple now has a credit card which I know they send you a physical card in the mail, uh, but you just sign up for it, you get it all on your cell phone, they ask you if you want it, and then boom, Apple credit card. So just like I talked about much earlier in the show, there's a place in Seattle that's going to allow people to vote in a very poorly um, um, you know, election, an election that people do not turn out for. They're going to let you vote on your phones. A lot of these things that like these brick-and-mortar situations are, are going to, I don't think they'll ever completely go away, uh, but they'll dwindle. But eight two nine two three four five. Uh, there were nine hundred and thirty six different people in this survey in America, with three out of four people believing that a physical branch at a bank was just a thing of the past. Do you agree? Do you disagree? I have a minute for you to answer, so maybe I'll tackle this topic again tomorrow. Uh, but I just think it's interesting. It's the same thing with everything else: uh, malls closing, what have you. Uh, things just not needing to be, you know, immediate anymore. Uh, that is my time, though. So uh, don't don't feel like you need to call in. I'll, I'll weigh in again. I'll ask that question again tomorrow to everybody out there. Uh, it is time for ISU basketball, Illinois State versus Bradley. Big game. Uh, I think they're playing at Bradley, though. So, uh, you know, listen to it right here. It starts in just a few minutes on AM 1230 WJBC. I will be back with you tomorrow asking you all about why I don't care that my bank cannot be visited and isn't worked by human beings uh, in my hometown, why it's just all.